comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Listening to the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is episode 192 for season seven, episode 13, entitled Bury Me Here. I'm your host, Craig DeManda. Join with me this evening, Mr. Aaron Newarth. Cantaloupes, get your cantaloupes. Cantaloupes here. All the cantaloupes you want. All cantaloupes every time, every day. We got. Oh, hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> man, those cantaloupes got him into trouble this week. Oh, man. Mr. Daryl Taylor. Hey, hey. I'll I, I tell him that I did it later. <laughs> and Mr. Jim Dietz. What are you going to do with the pointy end of that stick, Morgan? <laughs> We're going to find out soon. Oh, we know what he's going to do with it. So, uh, pretty pretty interesting episode. I mean, and it, I was it was kind of watching the uh, the Buster ratings come through. It was a mixed bag, but mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was really, really good this week. I did. I thought it would be like from the some of the complaints I saw. I thought the episode would be boring, and I was like, "What? It wasn't the episode I watched." So, what you watched it after you read some of the ratings? Is that what you did? I read the, some of the ratings. Yeah, I read. I looked at them first because I got to work, and I didn't watch it until I got home. Right. Uh, later, you know, after work, that's when I watched it. But I saw the ratings this morning, and I was I was like, "Wow!" I was expecting it to be a doozy, like you know, one of those <laughs> where you just walk around for twenty, thirty minutes. And- <laughs> Look off into the sunset and reflect. I didn't, but I was like, that was not that type of episode. This was important. Yeah, this mm-hmm. this felt this felt like an episode where, I mean, you know, we we talked a lot about the first half of the season, how the you know the dourness really was kind of killing our moving our spirit for The Walking Dead for a bit there. And I feel like this is an episode coming after several more lighthearted episodes that mm-hmm. goes back into dramatic territory, but shows that the show does know how to do drama without making me feel like I don't want to watch this show. Right. And I, I, this is a good example. It, it helped that, you know, it has my man Morgan, like, you know, killing it this week. But, um, oh, but uh, no, yeah, I, I was, I was, I was a fan of this episode. Oh yeah. I mean, these are my two, two favorite actors and two favorite characters on the show. Uh, um, uh, um, most McBride and, and Lenny James, of course. And, uh, just like seeing an episode focusing on Carolyn Morgan was, I mean, it was like, Hey Jim, what do you want to see on the next episode? Well, 
uh, I'd like to see you focus on Carolyn Morgan. So yeah. it was great. I mean, and you know, the thing with Benjamin, we all knew what, what was going on there. We all knew right. he had a, you know, he had the red shirt on. But uh, the other, the other death, this this uh, one, quite a surprise. Just such a powerful performance by Lenny James Morgan. Man, really blew me away. And calling back to stuff, you know, like season three, like the death of his son and mm-hmm. all kinds of other stuff that he hasn't even touched on as a character since we, he's reemerged. You know, really yeah. great. It seems like they have to bring out Scott Gimple to write the strong Morgan episodes, right? I mean, he wrote Clear, and he's like, he's, like, yeah. he's got this thing with Morgan. Like, he's the one I think that even brought him back into the show from, you know, wherever he was at. And I just, I thought it was just amazing. It was just such a great one. And I also thought that Bear McCreary just really just nailed it. The music, the score, it was just, it set the tone. And, and there's some scenes, and I'll even note it later on, where they again faded out all the sound effects and just focused on the music. That, that's really. It was just good. It's just really good episode. But, but but even with all the intensity of like the Lenny James stuff and and Morgan's you know uh, whole like emotional turn there, there were there were like really subtle like cool moments too, like the beginning where Carol wakes up in the night and has a cigarette and says you know and curses to herself, you know, just like really good character moments, you know, really really. I thought I agree with that, Aaron. Very strong episode. Loved it. So it was directed by Ulrich Riley. I don't know if he's done any Walking Dead before, but he did a hell of a job on this episode. And as I mentioned, written by Scott M. Gimple. So without further ado, I guess we can jump into it. Um, yeah, he uh, has. Well, done, he did he, three. He did yeah. three. Did he? Okay. Uh, twi- twice yeah. as far in The Cell. In The Cell. Those right. are all good ones. And The Cell is like a Morgan type of episode, too. So there you go. No, that was actually the uh, Daryl episode. Excuse me. That was the one where... Yeah, this, yeah, the recent mm-hmm. Daryl. Easy Street. Uh, Dar- yeah, yeah, easy, exactly. That's what it should have been called. <laughs> easy Street. <laughs> it should have been called Easy Street Part 1, and part then Eugene's episode should have been called Easy Street Part 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we get to the cold open. It's uh, it's kind of a point of view shot. Um, from the back of the truck, we see the, the Kingdomers, one by one, load this kind of small-looking crate, and they tie it down to the back of their truck. And again, we're looking out from the back of the truck, and then they place one cantaloupe inside. They all look very sad. There's these kind of quick cuts between the uh, the kingdomers, and that's pretty much the cold open. We don't really know. It was such a quick cut, though. Too. It was. I like, liked. It. I liked it. I was like, "What the hell just happened?" I don't like. Why is Last this cantaloupe making everyone sad? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I didn't notice it until obviously the second go round where we saw the same shot. But you see, you right. know, obviously Lenny James kind of off in the background. He's looking a little sad, Morgan, and you also see Richard back there. So it's like they got these looks on their faces. I mean, the king—you really can't tell. He was pretty serious, but something happened, obviously. And uh, I mean, I thought they yeah, ran out of food or something. That's what I thought that they were showing up with just one cantaloupe, and that was going to be their offering. But uh, yeah, obviously it. You know, it's evocative to see one cantaloupe in the truck with the guys that you know have to be going out on some kind of drop off. So yeah, it seems like they're going out because, it, I mean, it was it, it seemed clear to me that it was like an immediate res opening. Like um, I don't know, like the what's the one with the where where Carol kills the kids, <laughs> the, the Grove, the where grove. that yeah or not is it is the Grove or is it another is it another one where like remember that one where um what's where are the, what are the girls' names uh, Lizzie Liz, and Mika uh, Mika like isn't there one where she's like dancing like. Or like, or like playing that was the grove. The no, that was the grove. She's was dancing the with the zombie the outside. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yep. Yeah. And, it, and that's like, uh, what's going on here? And then it kind of flips back, and you eventually get to that moment. It felt kind of, right. I mean, not, obviously not exactly like that, but I mean, it's right. it, like that kind of opening where it's like something's going on here. Right. And obviously something's going on because we're watching sad people <laughs> walk look at a well, cantaloupe. But right. I that, that's, somebody... that's, oh, I was gonna say that scene is like through a kitchen window, and you don't have any sound, and, right. uh, as well as no context. Right. And here I you think... just have no context. I figured somebody had died though. After like mm-hmm. when it because of the face, the, the faces that they had, I figured 
something very bad had something went wrong like something went terribly wrong so Jer- jerry's wrong. face just gave it away huh it was it was yeah, all it jerry. Did. yeah yeah it did. <laughs> so after the credits uh we kind of open to darkness and we hear carol kind of waking up from a nightmare she's screaming a little bit not screaming but just you know moans a little bit you, you know what she's doing though she's having a nightmare mm-hmm. she wakes up she lights a gas lamp next to her bed and then grabs a cigarette and starts to smoke it we can tell that something is bothering her she then just says god damn it and gets out of bed so she's something's bugging carol we don't really know her what spider it is yet. senses are tingling yes yeah. absolutely this is the scene i was, I was referring to before yeah. she's like i love melissa mcbride when she's on the screen she just really is Kills it. This character, this character, it's great. Yeah, she had three words. God damn it! But she acted the whole thing. You knew something was bugging her. She didn't have to say anything yeah. to know it. It was, it was very subtle. It was on her face and in her body language. Later, like when she does the thing with that one-way sign, you just see she seems like just very resigned, like like she's sighing and rolling her eyes almost, like oh, I have to do this again. You know. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. It's just like I just love the different dimensions and, and depth she gives to Carol in her performance scene. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you, we've had, you know, she's been sidelined for, you know, like basically a season a and season. a half. At this yeah, point, pretty much. Right? Yeah. Like, and, and, and so it's like, you have to wonder, like, what is her mind frame here? Because she, 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 you know, Daryl came along, they had a, you know, a tearful kind of reunion and they discussed things. And he told her what he thought she'd want to hear. But you have to wonder, like, just how. I mean, we talked about this in that episode too. Where it's like, is she, is she just accepting this blindly, or does she just is she willing to just want to look past this? So here's an episode where she it's still focused back on that. Well, presumably it could be that same mind frame where you're thinking, d- does she really want to just be content with hearing the words she wants to hear, or do we does she want to go back and explore that? And that's what well, this episode I, does for her. Yeah, I think that was the struggle. I think she knew it was bullshit when he told her that, but. She fought like should I? She didn't want to push it, and then she thought she could just let it go, mm-hmm. but she couldn't. <laughs> she just couldn't let it go. It, it stuck with her. It ate at her. So she finally had to, you know, had to acknowledge it. We keep time. having that. We keep having that idea too of like, well, someone will come along. Mm-hmm. You know, that keeps happening over and over. Someone will come along that'll take care. Of, you know, someone will fix it. You know, but uh, nobody's coming but Carol. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like it's not. I I like this kind of conversation just because we can talk about you know nuance because that's something that The Walking Dead has problems with. Yes. So when it comes to these characters <laughs> that actually manage to develop organically and the writers seem to enjoy writing about them, it's neat to delve into these sort of layers as opposed to complaining about how it's not as effective. So it's like this is this is really good stuff because Carol she's not in this episode that much. Like she has like three big scenes basically, and it's all, all really right. the work show. But she does a lot with like what she's given here. Mm-hmm. Totally. So we cut to Morgan in the gazebo. He's teaching Benjamin's brother. I keep forgetting his name. I'm just writing him as Benjamin's brother. Um, how to fight with the staff, and it's kind of a cute scene. He's he's uh, keeping him on his toes, saying, "Hey, wake up, kid! You know you're the one that wanted to learn this thing. How to be like your brother." Um, Benjamin happens to walk by and overhear Morgan, and they kind of you know give kind of smiles as he hears Morgan passing on some wisdom to the lad. It's morning now. Uh, Carol is fully armed. She's back in full Carol garb. She's got a little knife in her belt. She's got her rifle on her on her back, and she's making her journey back to the kingdom. She machetes one walker in the street, but doesn't kill it. Kind of just takes a shoulder out a little bit, and it's stuck on, crawling on the ground. Uh, she then takes a street sign that says "One Way" and uses it kind of in a tree stand, and takes out the other four as she bangs on a makes noise. They all come over, and she takes them out. When she arrives at the gate, Benjamin is properly impressed with her skills. And again, she just dismisses him and says, where's Morgan? Where's That's Morgan? 
that 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 scene is pretty like handy. It just like mm-hmm. it shows how like it's it's nothing to her. Just like it just yeah. like last week of Rick in the show. Like it's it's nothing as far as like oh there's walkers whatever. Let me just grab this sign, hop in yeah. a tree, and just bash him in the face, and like problems over done. And then like the guys come out of the kingdom and they're like, we were gonna do that. But, uh, all right, yeah. uh, care of that it? for us, I guess. But it shows. <laughs> Well, it, it kind of shows the difference between that, you know, like her and Rick's group as the survivors, you know, uh-huh. not everybody in the group, but just that set like Daryl, Rick was shown like they are the survivors and they know how to just do these things. It's nothing to them now. They came from Georgia, the mean survive, streets of Georgia, you know? man. They knew what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. Huh? These Virginia <laughs> people, they're weak. Yeah. Right. To, to, to the rest of them, the walkers are a threat to them. It's weather. Right. 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 Well, I think also like the difference between like last week with Rick and Michonne, they were like up until the very end of the episode, they were having fun kind of like they're mm-hmm. bantering, you know, I got eight, yeah. I, you know, you can handle eight or whatever. And, you know, joking around, I think for Carol, it's just more, she's resigned to it. You know what I mean? It's right. like, the, like the old gunfighter just like sighs when the, you know, the young buck pulls the gun on him, you know, just like she sees the zombies and it's just like, yes, okay, I have to do this again. But it's well, you notice each nothing time to she her, went, like you said, you know, right. Each time she went through the gate, she huffed like she had a like a her shoulders kind of did a slump like right like like you know here we go like i you know like i know what i have to do and i really don't want to do it but it's necessary it's it's like to have that kind of thought like it's not there was no fear for her life or anything and i think that really made those guards like look at her like when they go out, it's a thing. Like they're always have to be on guard. Right. They're, they're the working you know, back or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's like it's a constant thing of danger. Her thing is just like she just had no worry, no nothing. It was just a means to an end to just get through them. They were in the way. Right. Got through them, and and to have that kind of confidence, I think that's the thing that they don't have in this town because he shielded them from that. Like they've been. They've been sheltered for the most part. Even with the things they've been through so far, they've still been sheltered compared to, you know, her group. Mm-hmm. Which is not a bad thing. I want to like I want to stress that. I think from my from my opinion, because I think because Alexandria had the same thing. Even the hilltop, to an extent, has that. I think they're mm-hmm. probably a little more battle weary than some of the other groups, just because of the nature of things and you know, saviors, jerks and whatnot. But like it, <laughs> I I think they're. I mean. Being an ostrich and just sticking your head in the ground opposed to everything out there. I mean, they know something's out there, obviously, because they're living mm. in this hell. But like, I, I, I think there's a, a credit to be given to the leaders that you know, you know, so like Ezekiel and uh, oh, what's your name from Alexandria who died now? Um, oh, who's Deanna? Deanna. 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 <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, it, it might not be that you know. Eventually, things will break down because that's just how this kind of society would have to work. If right. There's zombies everywhere. But the idea of sheltering a group of people from the horrors outside to pr- attempt to preserve a sense of normality, I can give credit to that, especially if it's done effectively as it has been in the kingdom, which seems like a haven, essentially. Like, there's nothing right. wrong in the kingdom. People are working together. They're making, they're, you know, um, doing crops. All they have they to, the most, the biggest thing they have to contend with is who feeds the tiger. Like, that's, yeah, quite they do have a bull weevil problem, though. Yeah, the weevils, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, we'll rough. Get, we'll get to that in a second. So Carol then goes to Morgan's room. She makes her way up there. She asks him, 
why did Jesus bring Rick all the way up to the kingdom? So she's trying to put, she's putting two and two together. Something's bothering her. Why do they all come? And, you know, she wants to know if everyone is really okay back at Alexandria. And Morgan says, hey, listen, you have to take it up with Daryl. <laughs> I'm not getting in the middle of this one. Mm-hmm. And he said, and also, he kind of like basically, he <laughs> said, hey, I honored what you asked me to do. I did not tell Rick and the others that you were even around, where you were hiding. All, all right. right. Daryl found him, you on his own. All right. And he should take it up with him. Uh, and then basically, he, and this is a great scene. I mean, just the two of them in a room. I could watch that. I just, I mean, they're so good. Morgan asks, "Is she ready to go back to Alexandria? If so, he's like, I'll take you there right here, right now. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And she shouldn't go alone. And she's just crying. She's just standing there, and the tears are coming down because obviously she's still not ready. And he also asks her, and again, this, this is just him talking. She says nothing. He also asks her if she found what she's looking for. Essentially, if she's done looking for what she needed to find. Again, she just stands there and cries and eventually walks out of the room without saying anything. Yeah. Just a powerful scene. I mean, just so good. Lenny James. Because yeah, they so both, good. like they both found a sense of peace being in this town mm. that they just didn't have anywhere else. And now it's like you almost see, and, and it goes to the actors involved in this, you almost see the tragedy, the pain of knowing that they're going... Like, even though she's not saying it, she's not really wanting to deal with it, but she knows, I'm going to have to give this up. Like, this is not going to... This piece that I had is done. Like, once once I make... Once the switch is turned, you can't turn it back, like she said. And the same thing for Morgan. Like, once that switch goes for him, that's it. Like, it, he might not be able to get back to where he he came back from he had a friend that helped him to get back to that point of finding his humanity he he doesn't want to they both don't want to go back to that it's it's neat to see you know last year last season we had a kind of you know conflicting ideologies between the two which amounted to a slap fight that was disappointing to watch (laughs) and like this this year it's like you know we don't really need them to be physically against each other we can have something more creative and that's what they've done here like it's neat mm-hmm. to see they're they're both and now they're both they're not necessarily stuck they can leave whenever but they're in the the same situation and they're approaching it differently right. they still have the kind of views that they have on things and the, obviously that's this is what i find fascinating about this episode is that they both kind of they're both going up different sides of the mountain to reach the same peak by the end of it and and so it, you know it's like we, we've gotten these characters who were against each other very much so last year, regardless of how that was you know handled. And this year, you have them together again, still feeling different ways, and then eventually arriving at a common place where it's like, we actually do need to do something about this. Like we can we can try to have these philosophies we want, or just not want to deal with this anymore. But at the end of the day, which is actually pretty dark when you think about it, it's like there's no other there's no other choice except fighting to survive, which is as bleak as The Walking Dead is. But I mean, it's it, it's <laughs> I, I find all that to be fascinating. Certainly drive that point home this whole this whole episode. On the way out of town, Benjamin tries to escort her back to the cottage. Says, "Hey, you know, I I can do I can skip this run I'm about to do, and I want to know how you your fighting skills. I want to learn some stuff." Again, she just totally scoffs him, and she says, "No, no, just just again, leave me alone. Do your drop. I'm fine. Again, doesn't want any part of Benjamin." On the way out of town, we see that Carol's being watched. So she notices that the walker that she slashed across the shoulder has now been, like, axed to the head. She doesn't know who did it. She looks around a little bit, and we see a figure kind of hiding behind a wall. I guess that was Richard, 
which we come to yeah. find out the next scene. Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking in the back of my head, is it, is it a whisperer? Is it somebody else? Is it, is it a, a junkyard we, person? But no, it's like, it's Richard. We, we, we got yeah. to stop calling whisper every time some new person approaches. There yeah. was a whisper. We're, we're all waiting yeah. for them. It's like, you know, we're, 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 <laughs> we haven't really like, come onto the scene yet. Uh, it's season eight, man. All right, we're jumping ahead right now, right? Okay. It's like that in the half of the season, we're like, well, the whispers is like, nope, that wasn't it at all. Like, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> A Negan to deal with. We don't have time for whispers. It right was now. like when the wolves were around. Are they the hunters? Are they, we don't know what they are, right? It's like yeah, you know, we yeah. Well, that's we dealt with all that. But yeah, yeah, it is Richard, and it, I mean, we'll come. We come to learn that, I guess, obviously, because the, the media cut us to him. You know, looking om, om, you know, ominously at the at the backpack. But, right. Uh, he, he's carrying an axe, so I guess that also the, the the walker was put down with an axe to the head. It looks like so. It's he can see a shot. Pretty much but him. Yeah. Uh, certainly, you know, I, I did. I mean, I didn't jump to whispers because that's not what I'm doing here. But I mean, I, I was like, I, I was thinking, like, well, process elimination. Who could that be? It's like, yeah, Richard would be one of them. Is it like a savior coming up to no good? Is it that one dick savior that's mean to everybody? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Jared, yeah. So we see Richard again. He's alongside a brick building with a with a grocery shopping carts kind of hugging the wall so you can kind of get a figure of where he is and he looks down at the ground and it's kind of a point of view shot looking up at him but then he looks down at the ground and we see a girl's backpack on the name uh i'm sorry with the name katie painted on the backpack and he looks at it and then starts to continue digging a hole and then we go to commercial the i guess we'll get back to this but the the carol thing where she dismisses benjamin before walking off that there are many good things about why that scene works so well just in terms of what it what it implies where her state of mind is what it means for the rest of the episode like it's just there's a lot of neat seeds that are planted that you know deliver fairly quickly in you know this 42 minutes whatever back in the kingdom we see that all is right in the world and it's like king ezekiel the birds are chirping the sun is up king ezekiel is watching his beautiful town uh, every everything is nice. The kids are laughing, and we see one kingdomer gathering cantaloupes from the garden. So again, with the melons, and then this woman whose name is Nabila comes out of the building and starts to approach the king, but she stops when she sees Shiva kind of growling a little bit next to him. <laughs> He's, and the king's like, "No, it's okay. Shiva likes you." And she's like, "No, it's all right. I'm okay right here." <laughs> the king insists that he tell her what is troubling her. He hates waiting for bad news. Nabila tells him that the royal garden is infested with weevils and that they must burn the whole crop to the ground lest they spread to the main crop in the courtyard. The king takes the news fairly well and thanks her and instructs her to do what must be done. Uh, but then Nabila leaves a little wisdom behind. Says, you know what, king? We can tear it down. We can burn it out. But it all can come back if you want it to. And then Shiva kind of growls a little bit off camera and Nabila says, well, I think I just pissed myself. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Props, uh, props to the show for like including a woman with a headscarf. Like it, it doesn't spell out like it, you know what, what, where her, or you know where she's coming from or what have you. But it's right. like okay, that's something new. Like that the right. show's like once again, well, The Walking Dead of all shows, the one to be like, let's be more diverse. <laughs> like, <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did it. So in Morgan's room, Benjamin comes in and tells him that they're at the five-minute mark, ready to go do the drop. He comes bearing gifts, though. He actually returns the book, the Aikido book that he borrowed. It says, you know, it gave him a lot to think about. He's still thinking about it. He goes, if you injure your opponent, you injure yourself. And uh, he then presents a very nice, like a velvet painting, uh, or a painting on velvet framed. And Morgan says, wow, it's, he hangs it up. 
and uh, he likes it. It's actually a nice painting. And Benjamin says, oh, he knows a girl that you know, fixed it up for him. They found it on a run. And Morgan's like, who's the girl? So kind of being a little bit of like a father figure, father-son kind of relationship. He's, he definitely looks at Benjamin very much in that regard, I think. And this just reinforces that. We see them loading the cantaloupes in the truck. Uh, at the truck, Richard starts to chat it up with Morgan. They talk about their past, you know, both being a father. Uh, he apologizes to Morgan about how their relationship has been. He thinks that Morgan is genuinely a good man uh, and that he's wrong about his philosophy, but the day is coming where he won't be able to be good anymore. And when that day comes, not to beat himself up about it. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. King Ezekiel rounds up the rest of the group We see Jerry leaned up against the truck Eating some cobbler And this is great The king tells him to leave it behind And he makes the saddest like puppy dog face And the king just says fine (laughs) He lets him keep eating his cobbler And he's happy Jerry's happy I'm saying though He likes his cobbler man He's eating a lot of it too Yeah Yeah. (laughs) As the truck is uh, rolling to the meat we see that it's blocked by a line of those shopping carts in the road. So Richard is the first one who pops out of the truck. He tells the rest to get out, guns up, something must be going on. He's like, echelon right, protect the king. They have all these little maneuvers they're doing with their guns up. He tells um, Benjamin also to get his gun up. And as he's doing that, he's kind of walking back from the truck. Like he kind of went back to the truck and now he's walking back. Uh, So we see that. Then the group finds the grave that Richard dug earlier with the cardboard tombstone that says, bury me here. The king then remarks is that, you know, this new world drives people mad. He says a few lines. Says it's with, uh, it is with luck that they're all not insane. And Benjamin corrects him saying, well, king, you made us a new world. So that's why we're not insane. That, uh, <laughs> that Benjamin's got some... Some key lines for a kid that doesn't seem to have the world weariness, but I'll buy it. I guess it's, it's like I don't, I don't know if this is the character I needed to hear that from, but all right, I'll, I'll go into it. Maybe that Aikido book really had some. Yeah, I was gonna say stuff. you got some wisdom out of that a little bit. Yeah, it centered him a bit. Yeah. <laughs> we see the Kingdomers arrive uh, to the meetup with the Saviors a little bit later than usual. Like usually at these meetups, you see the Kingdom people there first, and the Saviors arrive. This time they're they are there late. The King starts to explain that their path was blocked, and Gavin interrupts him saying he doesn't want to hear about it and jerry stands his ground and says don't interrupt the king <laughs> jared who's like basically the the savior dick he he's still wielding morgan's staff he whacks jerry on the face <laughs> all all the i, I can hear the collective like groans <gasps> of the audience like it, not not jerry not jerry right exactly no. <laughs> boy a lot of our listeners would have been upset there oh man but just as you see Jerry kind of getting back up, Benjamin calls Jared a rat-faced prick. And Jared hears that. So and so right there, he's got his... got his, uh, He's ruffled a little bit there. His feathers are ruffled. Jared just stares at him. Gavin wants to get down to business. He walks to the offering, the back of the truck, and then says, well, let's get their guns too. The Kingdomers don't like the sound of that, and they draw their guns. The situation gets tense for a minute. Ultimately, the king listens to Morgan and Richard, who urge him to relent and give the guns over. Gavin then says, the reason I made you give up your guns is because you guys get a little emotional sometimes. Ezekiel refuses to believe it at first, uh, but really, they are short one melon. And that's what Gavin is saying, that they, 
you know, their offering is not up to up to snuff. But the king walks over and confirms it. And Gavin says they're going to deal with the situation right now. And then Jared steps Whoop. in and says, "Right now." And Gavin, who's still looking away to like towards the back of the truck, says, "Yeah, right now." So then Jared takes that as okay. He raises his gun, does that little fake lock click, and uh, points it squarely at Richard's head. Richard leans in and says, "Just do it." Like he's ready. He knows it's him. We all know it's him. Jared agrees and says, "Okay," but then he kind of lowers the gun to the right of of Richard and shoots. We don't know who he shot. We fade to black, but somebody else got shot except for Richard. Glenanigans. I called Glenanigans on that. Sorry. Well, I called Glenanigans on that. That, 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 that well, no, we didn't know who died. I mean, they shot it, and then they went to commercial. That's like and a Negan, yeah. Neganigans, I would call that, right? It's like you don't know yeah. who he hit, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. fair enough. That's, fair enough. That, that's, not, that's not the show bothering me. That's, 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 that's a clear case of, like, you know, lure you into one thing, excite you, go to a commercial, come back. And, like, that's that's not, like, that's that's not egregious in the same way <laughs> other things have been on the show. <laughs> it, 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 the surprise is that Richard didn't get shy, and then it's like, okay, so who did you did shoot? And obviously, I, for me, it was obvious that it'd be Benjamin, but, you know. Whatever. Of course. <laughs> but before, before we get to that, though, I want to get into this Gavin character, because I really— yeah. I'm not going to say that I like him because he's a savior, he's awful and everything, but mm-hmm. I do re- I respect what he's trying to do here because what I can see in the acting of this character is that he doesn't want to do this. That seems no. very This is no. not a thing that he wants to do. He really likes Ezekiel. He likes that this, like we've talked about before, yeah. this is the easy assignment. Like right. it's, not, it's not the one we have to teach a lesson to every time. This well, is the milk run we- every week. This is the easy well, one. Well, I right, yeah. wonder, though, like, is he, like, he could be the one to survive this war and st- and maybe... Form it a lot, like maybe not be killed like the rest of them if he makes it. Like I could, he looks like somebody who was just a regular father, husband, or whatever. And then yeah, I, I this, see. If give, if given the opportunity, he could turn right. sides if if it need be and not be like, you know, punished. I, I just <laughs> imagine the king taking him out though. I I don't know. I just he see. really <laughs> had a sense of humanity to him though, like that. Like he really. Well, we get to that. Yeah, I could just see the king losing it and just knifing him or something or opening. He's just killing him bad. I could just see that now. I don't know. I I won't like you know. I won't be in like deep remorse if like something bad happens to one of the saviors. But at the same time, they gotta go. They gotta go. But like, but but, like, just you know, basically, because I. You know, this is like a, a little side plot that's been happening where they go on these drops every now and then. So you get a sense of like what's going on. You know that the Jared guy's going to act up, and Richard's going to like be, you know, con- uh, very tenacious about his about what's going on. Like, but it it's to see Gavin at this point where he's like, I like I can't, I don't want to be this mean guy like all the other saviors, but it seems like I have to be. And even then, like it results in something he did not want to happen hmm. as far as the the ultimate result of the situation. So it's, it's, that's a neat shade for a character, you know, nothing about, like it's done enough development for that to work. Like I thought that really was really effective because you're seeing it all in his face, all in like in the, the, how he's saying the lines and not just what the lines are. Yeah. Right. Like he's not a Simon. Simon's like irredeemable, right? That's it. Yeah, no... Simon, Simon relishes the opportunity to go out on a mission. You're like, time to go fuck with people. All right. Like... <laughs> hey, Rick, what's going on, buddy? So this brings us to a very special commercial break where we have our next installment of, if you're ready, Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage unleashed by T-Mobile, the uncarrier. Aaron, would you would you please enthrall us? Another, uh, another nail biter. You guys. 
<laughs> you guys. This week's Fear the Walking Dead <laughs> hashtag passage unleashed by T-Mobile presented or the uh, carrier. Um, <laughs> this was a good one. This uh, this was, you know, it, it was it was suspense and action packed. I would say because we last left off with um, Gabby now wielding a knife, becoming. Uh, the the successor to former knifey girl who's Sierra who's still stuck in some tarp somewhere <laughs> with a zombie coming at her apparently even though all these mi- these episodes all last a minute so it really hasn't been that long but um, while that's happening she's still she's drawn a knife on Colton and Colton standing there is like wait what are you what are you gonna do with that what are you gonna go tell them you think they're not gonna you think they're gonna believe what you have to say and all this nonsense that, she's like, <laughs> that is so Colton. <laughs> <laughs> And she's she's you know she's throwing stuff back at him, and then they get to this fight, and and, and he uh, he not he knocks her down. He gets not everyone's getting knocked down. They're trying to like they're having a little scuffle, and she still has the knife. But then he draws a gun, and so that's what happens right there. She's just brought a knife to a gunfight, and that's the end of this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage <laughs> unleashed by T-Mobile, the uncarrier. It was it was a good one. It, it was a good one, and I just I still don't understand. What was Gabby? Yeah, thank you. Those deserve a round of applause. Was <laughs> wasn't Gabby and Colton like an item, or weren't they engaged or something? Or, or... that's what I it, thought. That's it seems I like thought. they had something of a thing going on. The nature of which seems to be unclear to me because it seems like it seems like Colton cut and ran. If I'm guessing things correctly, like you he 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 like heard about the or maybe he worked out the border or something like that, and he heard about the 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 passage under, underground, right. and he's like, oh, time to go. I assume all my loved ones are dead, and then she like surprised him. He's like, "What? You're alive? That's great. Okay." Um, uh, and then like, but things are spiraling out of control now. So. But there's no love loss. I mean, she's pulling a knife on this guy. Like, all right, this is <laughs> if they're supposed to be lovers or in a relationship or something. It's like, all right, forget it. I don't trust you anymore. I'm going to pull a knife well, on you. She saw him flip on the other. On but the did other she didn't woman. see that though? Did she? She was already she in the hole, wasn't she? Like no, she, she didn't. She, no, she didn't see that. She, she, oh right. She, right, she right, right, stabbed right. him outside of the hole, before, and right. she was already down there. But Colton's that you know he's lying about because there's other people in that hole that we haven't seen yet. He's lying about her being there, so he doesn't. Tr- she doesn't trust her. Right. She doesn't oh, trust him. Right, like, there's right. this you know the the fact that there's an underground hole that she didn't know about, but he did. That's also probably causing Dude, a bit of contention. Th- this so. is like intrigue on top of intrigue. I mean, this thing is getting complex, yeah, it, man. It, it, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a real top fancy Shonda Rhimes thriller right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a clear and present danger. We got it's a lot of intrigue here. It, it's a clear and present scandal. That's what's happening. <laughs> and such nuanced, well-defined characters too. I mean, we really nuanced. care about these characters, you know? That's true. I mean, you're going to fit. the best attempt at this so far. <laughs> I think this is actually pretty interesting. Yeah, like I said, we. we Yes, but I'm actually kind of digging it now. It's actually getting pretty good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I keep, actually I'm looking forward to watching next week's uh, passage. So it's 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 I good. It started, yeah, it started off good. Like like with Flight Four Six Two, that sounded generally interesting. Where you're like, huh, okay, they're on a plane and we're gonna see mini webisodes every week about. Well, that seems intriguing. And then the, the first you know, so seven of those like looking around at each other, going, Ooh? like this is just like all right, like we condensed this to a, a simpler idea, and it seems to be moving. So it's like that's that's working. Listen, let's bring it on, man. Let's do it. Get to that passage. Thank you, Aaron, as always. So after commercial, Gavin turns around finally and realizes that Justin shot Benjamin. I'm sorry, Justin Jared. Jared excuse me, Jared shot Benjamin in the leg, not Richard. And he's very annoyed. Tells him to give back the stick. And to get back in the truck right now without saying another word. So basically, he's just—I don't know what Gavin expected. Like when he said "right now," what did he like expect? Were they just going to scare them a little bit? Were they going to go "ooh, boo" or whatever? I mean, what, 
He had to figure something was going to happen, right? I mean, I I think he he was in line with Richard, whereas he expected Richard to, if not be shot, that or if not be killed, then at least be shot. Like he'd be the ah, so Richard was the chosen and, one, but, but since he could change his mind, then that's what pissed him off. Okay, yeah, because he shot. Well, I mean, he shot a kid. I mean, that's what right. it is. Like he, I mean, it, it, even if he's twenty in his twenties or something like that, he's still a, you know yeah. compared he's to someone like kid. Richard, yeah. who the ten, the tensions obviously been between the two. If they got rid of Richard, you know, it's you know, it's albeit killing's bad right. but at least the, the source of the tension between these two groups would be you know taken away at that point True. You, you'd get rid of the the key problem here uh, regardless of how fair it is that richard for some reason is the guy that gets killed and not you know the guy that instigated everything to begin with hmm. but things would settle down as far as the tensions but instead he went out of his way and shot this kid <laughs> and so gavin's like okay this thing that I already didn't want to do, because even if he was content with the idea of killing off Richard just to make things better, mm. he still didn't want to have to kill anybody to begin with. Now, the situation spiraled out of control because he, he didn't shoot the guy that was causing the problem or right. involved in the problem. He shot some innocent guy that's over here when he didn't want to shoot anybody to begin with. <laughs> so it's like, but, okay. But that Go seems on. like a play out of the Negan book. Instead of you know killing the alpha male, you kill the alpha male's... Mm. Like ans- ancillary or right hand or whatever, you know what I mean? So instead of going for the obvious, which would be Richard Alpha Male, he went for you know Benjamin, you know, to to make the Alpha Male docile. It just mm. to me, it seemed like he was trying to emulate Negan in a way. Well, it, it's well, J- Jared was, I guess. I mean, it's, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think it, it speaks to it speaks to what I was saying about Gavin earlier, where he just doesn't want to do this. Like this right. is not a thing. Right. And and I have to wonder if there's you know if there's conversations with Negan back at the place where they're like you know this all stuff's happening and Negan's like well you got to teach him a lesson so like I wonder I don't think Jared's it, that it, smart though I I think he just got he got called a prick by this kid and he wanted to get back at him I don't, I, I, I don't think Jared's yeah. that smart but I right. think there had to be a conversation with Gavin and Negan or what however the sanctuary works where they had some <laughs> right. kind of discussion about things are really heating up at you know you know uh, the the kingdom what do we do about it boss <laughs> and he gives them some kind of you know incentive to do something teach him a lesson you know, lesson yeah. <laughs> Well, the, things kind of heat up at this point because because Benjamin's bleeding out. The king insists they have to get back to get him, you know, patched up. Uh, but Gavin says, "Wait, wait, wait! You got to learn your lesson first. He says, "We don't accept. There's no A's and F's. I'm oh, sorry. There's A's and F's. There's no I's." He says, "You must return tomorrow and bring the balance of what they owe, which is essentially one melon." The king Principal. agrees that they're rushing to save Benjamin, and he's, again, he's bleeding out at this point, and they just they go. What is what is eyes? Am I missing incomplete. something on that one? Incomplete. Incomplete. Okay, incomplete. Yeah, so he's yeah, like, there's yeah. either A's and F's. There's no eyes. No incompletes. You got to turn okay, in your assignment, a, right? <laughs> I, I guess it's just like, you know, it's not like you turn in a paper and you get an eye on it. So I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I, I lapsed. In, I was focused on the you know the shooting thing. I wasn't focused on the the, the, the letter grades. grades. Yeah. <laughs> I figured you'd say like, there's no C's. Like that makes that would make sense to me. He said there's no eyes. It's like yeah. we're mixing some phrases here. I think. <laughs> So we cut to Carol's house. We see her planting some seeds in her garden in front of uh, in front of her home, and she hears a truck approaching, and then it stops. And quickly, all the all the kingdomers get out. They bring Benjamin. They haul him on, into the kitchen table, and he's really bleeding bad. Like they put a bandage on his leg, and it just gets sopped up immediately with blood. So he's they hit an artery. He's not going to make yeah, it. He shot him in the shot him in the femoral artery. Yeah, he's pretty much yeah. done. It. And and he knows it. The kid's really brave too. And his last words are to Morgan, it's like, it's okay. He goes, to injure your opponent is to injure yourself. Again, he quotes the book, and yeah. he dies very heroically at that point. And um, not a bad way to go, I guess. You know, he he, he was a hero. Beyond, <laughs> beyond, well, beyond, well be, I'm sorry, beyond Benjamin's, you know, goodbye, death scene or whatever, the reactions on Lenny James's face, like, throughout this whole scene, like, the, the oh, yeah. shade of... Like the shade of emotions on his face that he goes through throughout the scene, really. I mean, I'm sorry, I went back and watched the scene a second time just to 
just to like you know really like remark upon that. He really like I don't know. It's it's just really well done, really great. I can't say enough good, good things about it. Well, it happens right right the next scene because they cut quickly. You don't really see him die. You just see like a uh, the next scene. He's dread the the what do you call it? There's a cloth draped over him. Right. The, yeah. the king apologizes to Carol for disturbing her. They had no choice. And then Morgan, you see him. He's really hot. He's in the corner. He puts his bloody knife back in his holster. He wipes it on his pants and then puts mm-hmm. it back. Like He's the one that had to basically stab him in the head. And he's just – he's lost it at this point. He bursts out of the house. And you're right. All that – no lines. You just see him in his face. Just – he did not like that at all. He's not, he's not a happy be, camper right now. I'll be, I'll be happy to give Lenny James plenty of credit in a second because he is terrific in this episode. But hats off to the Logan Miller who plays Benjamin because I, I yeah. mean I, as much as – We've pegged him for death ever since showing up on the show, and <laughs> everyone listening knows that. We've said week after week, this kid is going to die. It, it, that, seeing that happen in this episode, it is affecting. Like it did make me feel legit bad for like the situation, and how it play, how it played out. Because yeah, I mean, it's like it's not like it was a headshot and he's dead right away. There was this, you know, the the show. I wouldn't say toyed with you, but it gave you the idea that well, maybe they could pull him out of this because it's a leg shot. It's not something you typically see someone die of in mm-hmm. like you know a movie or a TV show. You tend to think of like, all right, they got to get him to safety. They'll get you know patch him up and he'll be on his way eventually after like feeling bad for a while. Here it's like no, he actually they follow through. He does die, and it is sad. But he gets this moment to like you just said, he gets to you know quote the book and what have you. And it's but it's an affecting like death sequence. I I felt bad yeah. for it, but I also felt that Logan Miller he did a good job playing. Both this, you know, particular sequence and the role in general. Like he, yeah. like as much as we've pegged him as red shirt, like he, he's a, he's a likable guy. He, he seemed like you know he had his head on his shoulders. He was caring, he was caring for his little brother. He's taking a you know, uh, what Ezekiel and Morgan both were taking a shine to him. He was getting Jerry gave him a compliment about his staff abilities. I mean, he had like he had everything going for him. But like it, it so it. For the little time that we've had in this episode, same can be said for another character we'll get to. I thought they did a good job with you know casting and pulling you know him yeah. pulling off a decent performance, which I've had problems with the show and other times where you like get a character for a you know, like the like the the hospital. Like I don't like any of those the, characters. The, the, the Grady bunch, yeah, they, right, yeah. For me, like, like and and it's interesting to say that because the show doesn't usually do teens really well. Like they're usually just angry, pouty. You know, think of all the teens we've seen in the show, I mean, Carl included. Right. But I mean, Enid. I mean, sometimes it's like, ugh, they don't. But this, yeah, he was a good young man, like a good noble, yeah. kind of well acted guy. Yeah, he was good. I agree with that. Yeah, they wanted us to feel bad that he died. Like if he wasn't annoying or not developed at all, we really wouldn't feel that bad about it but yeah. it did feel like that tra- like it it really did feel like a tragedy when he died like he sh- he didn't have to so morgan is now he's he's pissed and he, he we see him he's now losing it as well he walks into town and this is a really well edited kind of sequence you see uh-huh. it, it, you see shots from pretty much the pilot into the episode of clear and then and then shots all in between even from this episode he's just starting to lose it again. He's going back to his mental clear thing. He finally just is so angry. He's about to, you think he's going to kill himself. He's sitting beside the, the grave that's dug out. He's going to slash his wrist, but he doesn't do it. And then finally he gets so angry. He kicks over this recycling bin, a yellow one. And underneath it is the missing cantaloupe. So finally, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I was gonna say, then there's a final flash. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a little bit like filtered. Like you, you can tell it's a flashback and you see Richard walking back saying, hey, Benjamin, get your gun up, and you see that yellow bin, which you didn't see the first time you watched that scene, but you see it now mm-hmm. kind of behind him, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty cool. It's I think it 
you know, last week I talked about um, the the moment at the in the Rick Michonne episode where Michonne, you know, is about to like let herself get killed by zombies because she think Rick died, which I felt was a little unbelievable that Michonne would just give up right away like that. I and you know it, the rest of that episode, there's a lot of good stuff. Regardless, that's last week. This week, I believe this happening. I believe, and I think it's a credit to both Lenny James and and the direction of this episode that that, that this works because I I think a lesser actor and a lesser kind of a lesser directed episode. I don't know if I necessarily buy the idea of a of Morgan feeling this bad about this kid that we've only known for so long. But I think it goes it go, once again it goes back to the Logan Miller performance I was just speaking of, but also just Lenny Lenny James' ability to really play up the this emotional turmoil he's in where he just doesn't like, like what is he supposed to do to, you know, be in a good place here where like, he can't even, you know, help shepherd this innocent. He just gets killed at random because that's the way life is now. Like seeing him play up all these different emotions, you know, thinking about his son who's died, his life that's fallen apart, his wife that's gone, who became a zombie, who he had to shoot, like all of these things that the way he's bringing that up for a character again, who has, we've only, you know, we've been with him now two seasons, but he's only, he hasn't been with us that much longer than that compared to the other characters in the show. That's really, it's really terrific. Like for, for the talk that some people give to like Andrew Lincoln or others that should get Emmy, Emmy nominations, Lenny James like seems to like continually prove how deserving he is of like more recognition for his work on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He really sells the rage too after his revelation. He found, you know, I mean the, 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 like just the range of emotions he shows in just this one episode is, is kind of astounding. Hmm. Yeah, it, it it was such a um, it kind of got to me too emotionally when it was like another innocent person dies because another man thinks he knows best, you know, like he thinks he is knows the right thing to do, like it, because of someone else's action, someone else has to die because of it, and it was just that frustration that he's feeling that he's been trying to prevent. Like he's like Rick, don't like when he was trying to tell Rick before, don't fight these dudes it, because when you do people die and you know like you're making a decision that's going to hurt everybody um even though you know you have to make that decision eventually and it, it just the frustration in his face and the way that he um it all comes out like even his decisions cause people to die you know like his son he thinks you know he's responsible for his son dying because he didn't he take care him. of his wife right when he yeah died. Yeah, like, so it's say, like, left to, his son died basically because his son couldn't kill his own mom. You know, I mean, so it's like every decision, like it, it, like he's so sick of other people dying because of decisions made by someone else. Like it's, it, it's just uh, in this world, it, it, it is unfair. It is totally unfair. But well, it seems especially decisions made by him. You know, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. like you say, like you say, he obviously feels. Uh, responsible for Dwayne's death and now he very much feels responsible for Benjamin's you know like what can I do like what am I supposed when I don't fight this happens when I do fight you know this happens like what are you supposed to do in a world like that so after commercial Morgan confronts Richard in his room and shows him the melon in the basket so Richard he lays it all out in the line pretty much. I mean, this is, and it's a lot of exposition for him. He goes on and on and on. He's crying. I mean, it's good acting on his part, too. It um, is. The uh, the actor, just to mention him, yeah. uh, calling out these actors, Carl Mackinnon. Yeah. He, he he does a terrific job also. And that's why, like, I don't agree with his choices necessarily, obviously, because it just plans involving guns that are that specific don't work, as we've proven here. But, like, it, I, the point, the fact that he was able to try to, you know, 
get put himself in a position where he'd be sacrificed. That, that's a that's a that's a tough thing to kind of play, I think, to make that like seem to really work, especially after the the Daryl or the plan of Carol that Daryl stopped him from. You know, it it's like all right, that that was a a bit of a lapse in a moment that I can give him credit to just because he's like, all right, well, I'm going to, I guess I have to get myself killed to make this happen. And it's like that, that that's intense. That's an intense thing to try to like pull off. And I, I think he did a good job of communicating the emotion that's going through mm-hmm. him as well. Yeah. You kind of believed him. You, you, at least in this conversation, he believed him. Yeah. So he lays it on the line. He says how he was with his wife and daughter before they found the kingdom and how he, he did nothing and he lost his wife. And then a few days later he did nothing or whatever, and then he lost his girl right in front of him, and and because he waited, he did nothing. And Morgan is drinking this up because again, he had the same type of thing happen in his life. You can see him soaking up what what Richard's telling him a bit. He's kind of getting through to Morgan a little bit. Richard tries to explain it again. He says, "Look, we can still use this to our advantage. We can gain the trust of the saviors back. Just let me handle it. We'll get them the melon. We'll tell them, look, we're sorry. We'll get the trust back, and then we'll basically we'll, we'll kill them." Um, and Richard says. Look, you will have to kill to Morgan. Again, he, he implores it to him. You will have to kill. And Richard again says, someone had to die. He goes, I tried to be the one. It did not happen. So now I will lead the army to crush the saviors. So he's trying to be noble about all this. And he says that he'll tell Ezekiel the truth. And that he'll pay for the rest of his life mm-hmm. for what he did. Uh, and then right here, I don't think you guys caught it. Maybe it was just me, but... The music was very like X Files. Like he had this little Mark Snow thing going right now in this scene. Like it was really good. I'm like, wow. I mean, and just just elevating this uh, scene again. Um, just really good. And Lenny James doesn't say really much of anything. You just see his face the whole time. Well, he went decked. He went almost. He went from um, almost noble. Like this is what I. You know, like this needs to happen. I wanted to die. You know, like I would, and I'll do the right thing. And then it kind of twisted into this is the shit that the governor would say or this is the sh-, you know like to, to convince themselves when he started talking about i'll leave them i'll be the one like i you know i'll be in charge i'll make sure you know that we stop them <laughs> and it, it almost, I'll, I'll make them pay yeah, for what they've done it, almost, <laughs> it, it did it did blend into that like it almost became like wow you're just like the monsters like you're almost sounding like the you know the these branches that we keep coming in contact with because there's always someone who thinks that they're you know the one that should do this thing that they should decide who lives and dies and there is that little there there was that little bit of that in it and it did make him i think it did give him pause for a minute you saw him soaking it up like and i think i right. think i think if actually richard did tell ezekiel I don't think he'd be dead right now. Like I think he. No, that is exactly why he killed him because he didn't tell. Because right. that's when he's. That's when he. It snapped in him that he is just like the other. Like he's just like the others. Like he. It, it is not a thing. He doesn't care about the innocent people. He doesn't care about who gets hurt and dies. We're just soldiers to you. Like he did. Remember, he looked at Rick like that at one time too, where he said, "We're just, we're just soldiers to you. This can go out and kill for you, or, huh. or get killed. We're nothing. We don't matter to you." Hmm. And 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 he kind of you in his face, it kind of when he doesn't when he when he says, "Did you tell him?" And he said, "No." That's when the bubble, like he had a like he the rage was in him already, and he calmed it down when he thought he was going to tell. But when he said he when he said. 
he will talk about it later or you know i'm not i didn't tell him we'll talk about it later the cat went off like it was it was gone the yeah. the, the rage had just it was to that point where he looked at him like you are like <laughs> every other like even part even as he looked at himself when he did things that caused people to get killed you're that thing that that <laughs> you're that thing that causes all these people to die when they shouldn't die and he man like in his face, that rage was just so poignant, and it wasn't just rage; it was frustration, it was sadness, it was, uh, it was just a sense of loss—not just for this kid, but just for his whole entire life. Like it's all went into that. It went into that one guy he killed. Like it was all in that. In that, as he's choking him, it's like he's choking that. And yeah. killing it. Like, it's almost like he's fighting it. So, before we get to that emotional scene, though, there you see some cuts. Like, again, there's not any dialogue, but we see a scene where the king is consoling Benjamin's brother. And we mm-hmm. see Morgan just sitting on his bed, kind of thinking. He's really just thinking. Like, he's just sitting there. And his eyes are open, and he, he's stewing about something. But he's trying to figure it all out. And, and it, it's really well edited, too, because they kind of fade yeah. in and fade out. Yeah. He's like wipes that they're using. And it just it was it was pretty neat. So the next morning, the garden we see is burned. Next, we catch up to where we started exactly at the cold open. We see them loading the single fruit onto the truck. And now that scene really has a lot of weight to it. Like, oh, my goodness. Now we know what this means. And we see why they're so sad. And this is where, like I said, I noticed actually Richard and and you know uh, and Morgan back there. When they arrive at the drop point, Morgan um, approaches Richard and asks if he told the king yet. Richard says, not now. And the king asks, what's up? And Richard says, we can talk about it later, your majesty. And the king's like, no, we can talk about it now. However, just at that moment, though, the saviors arrive. Gavin comes out. His first words are, how's the kid? Which, again, reinforces, I guess, you know, your theory about how he's got a little bit of humanity in him. Like, he's not so worried about the cantaloupe. He's like, how's the kid? He still feels kind of bad about it. He clearly does. And then the the reaction right after, you're going to... Yeah, so they don't respond, and Gavin realizes that he's dead. He then immediately tells Jared to start walking back. He goes, don't look at me funny, no words, or I'll kill you right here and there. Just walk away. And then he starts to walk away. Now, I didn't know if that was just like... Like play acting to kind of just let no, you know no, what I mean? that no, that was, no. okay, no, 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 no. like they'll pick him up on the no. way back to town or something. Like, all right, thanks, you know, ha ha ha. Like, you know, you thought it was real, huh? I thought it was genuine. Okay, oh, right. well, you, Daryl. Well, the way that Negan set this thing up, right? Even when you're in charge, you're not. You, it's it's survival of the fittest. The strongest, the strongest survive, right? You can't show weakness like that. So he couldn't just kill this dude. Mm-hmm. In defense of him killing this boy, that was as close as he could be to be human. Hmm. In that Negan, in, in the savior you know, like world, in the, in, yeah. in, and still be a part of the the saviors. This is the closest you can do, hmm. because in in actuality, these people don't matter. Like <laughs> all it is is you're trying to crush them. That listen, Negan gives you a. This is what you do. You get my stuff. You when we <laughs> give them rules, you they are not to be short. Not one item. If they are, people die. It's just it's all it is to it. There's no question. No, I don't care. There's no there's no kind of being soft on them or giving them another chance. No, that's not what happens. <laughs> so for him to react the way he did, it it was. That was something where he had to control his own self. Because mm-hmm. you can't forget that if he does go against what Negan wants, he's done. 
Like, he could get killed, too. He got to think about himself as well. And you have to do some horrible things to survive in that Negan world. Like mm-hmm. there, And you lose a part of yourself. But I think it was important that we saw that not all the saviors are are uh, without humanity. So some are like, redeemable is what, is what the system is. Some are yeah. redeemable, right? There might be decisions made and there might be people that might that might go over to the other side if they feel like there's a chance they could have something better. You know, yeah, not, like they, yeah. not not Fat Joey, but other ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah not <laughs> fat, you know, that, or just that, Joey. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, just, that, just you know. Joey now. <laughs> so Richard then grabs the melon and attempts to walk it over and apologize to Gavin, saying that look, we understand. Like he's executing his little mind game he figures with mm-hmm. them. But that's the final straw for Morgan. Once he sees that and hears that, he uses his staff to whack him twice on the head, oh, and, and then jumps on right on top of him and, and strangles him to death with his bare hands. Mm-hmm. Well, he strangles him. Then he then Richard tries to you know he, he Richard kind of gets at him with his with his nails a little bit right a little then bit yeah. Morgan just then, then Morgan bangs his head on the floor oh yeah, like, yeah. It's twice just, yeah. it's re, it's really brutal and yeah, everyone's looking sure. on like this is crazy like Ezekiel is like this is not what the king ordered like he, he is, <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't like, jump on him though I was like why didn't anyone go grab him off he I, stopped I, them he stopped them. What, what do you mean? I, it's like why didn't more? Why didn't, I don't know why he did it, but the 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 king he stopped him. I, he put his hand up. I remember he did some kind of move. No, he just yells Morgan. No, he yells no, Morgan. No, no, he stopped. But, he, stopped, he, stopped he, he stopped everyone else from doing anything. Right. Oh, so he did. Oh, you say he stopped he did, the group? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't see that. Okay, I didn't. Even I catch looked that. at his body like I was trying to figure out like how are they going to react with Morgan jumping on this dude? Like, are they going <laughs> to? Are they all going to jump in or are they going to go against the other group? Like, what do they think is happening? And they were going to react because you have to think about it. Morgan hasn't been there as long as that guy has. Right, right. So they would think the reaction would be we would defend the guy that we know the longest. But he stopped them. Mm. And I, I wonder, I was trying to figure out why did he trust Morgan the way that he trusted him to I, I, not stop him. I think it makes more sense now because he because Richard's been going against him for a while now. He's been trying to egg on the king to to do this this violence, and maybe he feels like Richard's too far gone. So just all right. No, you know? I think it's, I think it's more of he he gets who Morgan is. He gets who this person is. What he's trying to do, and if he's going to do something this extreme, the person the one person here who doesn't want to kill anybody, right, there's right. got to be a very good reason why he's going down <laughs> this yeah. path. That's what I thought too, especially I mean after he's you know like you say he's been preaching nonviolence for or not killing violence anyway for so long, and then for him to just brutally murder this guy in front of everyone, he yeah because he's he is who he is. I mean, there's got to be some sort of justification. I think, and well directed though too, because to have it, I saw that like I did, I did see that like I had, I did look, my eyes did look over to see, and they did pan the camera back enough. Hmm. That you did, I did see that. I, I thought for a minute, did I make that up in my mind to make it seem like it was? Yeah, I totally okay? missed that. I'm glad you, I'm glad you caught that because I didn't even see that but, little the gesture. Yeah, yeah, I had to look at it and 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 go. You know what? Yeah, he stopped him. He totally he put his hand up, stopped him, looked in horror, but in a way he was like, <laughs> it had to be done. Like he knew, like he yeah, like uh, Aaron was saying, like he knew it had to be done. There might be something. You know, like he can't trust this dude anymore. So it's pretty horrific too. You hear the gurgling and you hear his neck snapping. Like good, good sound editing there. I have to say it was pretty. Uh, and the saviors didn't move either. No, like no they, they don't care. They, they just, yeah, they just. What like, I mean, they could yeah. have 
done it, they could have moved anyway. They could have wiped them all out and it'd been nothing. I mean, it, you know, like the, the Sabres' <laughs> point of view, like they don't matter. But it was well, they matter. Happened. They matter enough to get them supplies, so they're not right. Gonna, that's what I mean. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, they, if they see infighting, it's not their job to do anything about it because no. it's you know. But it. <laughs> It is a brutal death, and it's the kind of brutal where this is this is what the this is what the show could be doing better. Like, it's, mm-hmm. if you're going to kill off people like this, right. where you know, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I've, I'm not a big fan of the season opener and how they how they went about killing off Glenn and, and Abraham. And it's not a matter of because they did it or because it's too gory. It's just I think the the approach to it just felt off to me. And here it feels that I guess earned is the way to put it. Obviously, you know, there's a different connotation, but like it. It, it's something that it's surprising, it's shocking, but you understand exactly where all these characters are. I, I get why this needs to happen, and it's not glorifying it in any way. It's not showing you just how disgusting this looks. It's showing you how brutal this is. Like, it, and that that plays a lot better than just being like, "All right, let's milk a whole season of who's going to die, and then get to it, and here it is." And because there's a gravitas there, because there's like a reason that he has this rage, and the reason, right. I mean, all the the motivations for what's happening. Or what really makes it even, I mean, adding to the, the brutal nature of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, just, it, was, it really worked for me, too. Yeah, he had that, you just like all the others. Like, he yeah. just, the Morgan just had that thing, like, you just, you know, like, I can't have faith in any of you mother efforts <laughs> with that talk like that. Like, that talk about how these things have to happen or, you know, for the betterment of the group. Like, all that bull crap you're telling me. Like when it all comes down to it is you just want to save yourself or say the things you say to save yourself. Because if you really cared enough, if it really mattered to you, you would have put your neck out to the group that night and said, I did this. It's my fault. And I will take whatever punishment you deem. Not I'll live. I will live. And and I'll have to live with the guilt of doing. Yeah, okay, that's that's an easy thing to do. I will live with the guilt of what I did as I <laughs> eat and drink and have fun and move on. And and that boy has no father. Like I I could live with that. And, <laughs> the the only thing missing was the force ghost of Eastman uh, shaking his head at Morgan like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. you were the chosen one. All right, anyway, so. <laughs> Morgan then gets up and explains the whole situation that Richard sent them up uh, before the drop. He said this was this was all set up. He hid the melon to try to set up a conflict between the kingdom and the saviors. And then he got – I don't know if you guys saw this. You probably did because he caught the other little nuance, a little gesture there. He got kind of in Gavin's face, and Gavin backed up a minute like, whoa. He scared him. Right. Is this guy, is this guy coming after yeah. me now? Did you see, I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, he just saw Black Wolverine kill a guy. So it's like <laughs> – Pretty much, yeah. Morgan has such like Morgan is scary. He's like got that Mor- crazy like, kind of like you know crazy eyes such, sometimes. Yeah, he has that rage in his body. Even in his body language, it is almost <laughs> like he moved very quickly. But then at the same time, it was like you ever seen a cat kill a kill something for like for the owner? Like they'll they'll kill a rat or something and then bring it to somebody. Yeah, leave it on the front porch. It was porch. almost yeah. like that. I did this for you. I killed it so I could show you that we mean that we want to work with you. We don't want to do this. Like it was almost like psychotic. He was like, all right, you know, whatever. Uh, Just I go mean... back over there. Go back to that side room, and I'm gonna go back in the truck, and I'm gonna go on, and we're gonna do our thing. Yeah. We got the melons. That's it. It's like you know, if I'm willing to do this to one of our guys, right? 
Imagine like, what I would be capable of doing to you. You know, you know he thought in his head, like, I thought Negan was a crazy mother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this guy Morgan, woo, that's it. Ooh, man. So he got in Gavin's face, says, look, we understand. They know how it is. Gavin's like, good, good. Same time next week. You know, they, they, Morgan says, well, he understand. wasn't tough, though. No, he, no. He's he like, like the whisper of, yeah. Yeah, yeah same time uh, next same week. Same time yeah. next week, yeah. <laughs> So Morgan then is talking. He says he, that Richard thought he knew how it was. He thought he could choose how this would go, but he was wrong, and that's why Dwayne had to die. And Ezekiel's like Dwayne, and Morgan has to compose himself. He's like, but but I mean, I mean Benjamin. That's why Benjamin had to die. You know, he kind of stammers yeah. a bit there. So obviously, it reinforces that father son kind of bond that they that they had together. Plus, I mean, for long-time viewers, it just really reinforces how far Morgan has come yeah. back from that insanity that, like, from the episode of Clear. I mean, how far he's rebuilt himself up to this point and just have it kind of all kind of shatter back in the, you know, in Benjamin's death. Yeah. And the king, he wanted to console him. Like, he was trying to, like... You said ready to take him back in. Like he didn't try to like say you got to stay out of the group now. He said, "Come on, Morgan, no, come, come with he, us. Come with us. We'll, we'll get you like, back come home." With, you shouldn't be alone like this. Right? Like he didn't want. Like he. I think it. It. I like the actor plays the king. It, he had an almost like a grandfather like look. Like mm-hmm. I like he. It's almost like I don't know. It's almost like if anybody I've had family in the military if. There's a look they have when they're te- like they don't get mad easily, but when they do, it's like a switch that goes off, and they, it's almost like they don't they they're mad at themselves for getting that angry, hmm. right? And it and and it's almost like you feel bad that they did get you feel more bad that they got mad that you even especially if you know you didn't want them to get mad, and he almost like wanted to just bring them in. And just like I know what it, I know what it took out of you to go that far and do what you did. Like I know what you lost again by doing that. And he, and he just had a look of just sadness when he looked at him, and he, and he tried to get Morgan to come back, and just the anger that Morgan had. He wasn't ready to be with the group. And he, he was, was like, "What? I'm in a part like where the where I am right now. I can't be with you guys. I can't. I can't be in a, in that civilized." Uh, well, right. everything you're saying kind of plays into where he ends up at the end of the episode too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think credit goes to Carrie Payton as King Ezekiel, who's doing yes. a very good job as yes, you know, a character that could be easily over the top and weird and mm-hmm. out of place and <laughs> not function right if you don't handle it right. Because right. certainly, it's certainly it's you know, it's a diversion for the comics as far as like now there's a king and he has a tiger, mm-hmm. and so you put bring that to reality in the live action form. He's done a very good job of kind of bringing this level of gravitas for an actor that you you know basically haven't seen before right. and making this role work. Additionally, Lenny James, again, he's great here. And as Morgan, I think we've gone through this before, but I mean, Morgan's not around in the comics at this point. If no. like we're if we're matching this up to the regardless of why he's not around, and there's right. there's some big differences in the Morgan character as far as the show versus mm-hmm. you know what we're doing here, but you know having having Lenny Davis play this play him so 
with su- with such a, an interesting manner, the way they're writing him, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what to expect. I don't like if you know you have him who's been driven he's been driven out of this kind of Zen state he's been in where he's you know life is precious and now back to this mode and if he needs to cool off or not. I don't I don't know if that's going to be like his ultimate downfall where like he can't finish the task after right. finally getting to back to this place where he needs to fight off people in order to you know survive. Like that that could be a reason why he goes down at some point or he stays alive and keeps going right. and he re- or he regains his his Zenness again or. Or he just becomes this, you know, as efficient a killer as uh, as Carol. Like I, mm. I don't know what to expect, and I find that very interesting. And it works very well to the show's advantage, where you have characters like this that are fleshed out, and you have backstory, and you have the acting to support it. Like it all works fairly well. Like it's 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 a great credit to what they've done with this character, along with some others. Like I don't want to. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Morgan, but there's certainly others on this show besides just Carol as well that are very good at what they're doing here. But this one particularly really presents some interesting ideas of where things can go with it. Right. It's kind of paying off, too, because it's like I, I remember getting annoyed with the, the, the pacifist nature of him. I was like, oh, my God, again, he's not going to kill again. He's not going to do this. Oh, totally, he saved totally. the wolf again. It's like you, I was ready. You know, but now it's all kind of like paying off that all these people broke him down. Carol telling him, you have to kill. This guy Richard telling him, you have to kill. Rick telling him, you have to kill. Like He was driven out of this peaceful love of life. It was by the people around him. And I guess they meant they meant well. But in the reality, it's like, now look where he is. Now, now yeah, he's, he was, he's yeah. borderline crazy town again. If he was hanging out with Will Forte and the gang on The Last Man on Earth in California, it might be easier. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, it's a, little, a little different on the East Coast, apparently. <laughs> so, and also, yeah. what's great about uh, uh, the actor that plays Ezekiel, uh, Carrie Payton, he, wrote, he, he never stays in character so much that we don't he doesn't make us think that he's crazy that he forgets who he is because uh-huh. he comes out of character very quickly like he this is a, this is, he lets he he lets us know in the way that he act is in his acting that i still know i'm playing a character because when he looked at morgan that was not a character right that was him that was that was that yeah. was him that was the zookeeper yeah. Actor. Yeah. That, that yeah. was yeah. <laughs> part-time yeah. actor yeah <laughs> but I mean, and if you notice, talking about Morgan again, he lost his like civility towards the king. He said, "No, man, I'm not. No, no, man, I'm not coming back." Like he just right. he he lost it because the king's like, "All right, all right," and then basically they all drive off. They leave Morgan there, and you see again, really well shot. You see him have to kneel down and stab Richard in the head now. Yeah, and he takes the knife, and if you see it, he kind of throws it away. Like mm-hmm. he's so disgusted, he's so broken at this point. Yeah, it is. Go to commercial after that. Morgan drags Richard's body all the way back to town. Now, that guy's a big dude to drag him all the way back. He but, dragged uh, him easily, too. That's <laughs> yeah. some anger right there. <laughs> Richard wasn't a, wasn't a small boy, okay? <laughs> when you're that mad that you're dragging a, a man. <laughs> you know what they did? You know what they probably had to do? Scott Gimble probably came out, you know, the not no, not a dummy. No, Scott Gimble or the director, whatever, came out and it's like, yeah, that was good. We got to do it again. And so they're doing that at Hot Atlanta Heat. So they probably made him do it like ten times. So by the time they get to the tenth, he's like pissed off. So it's like the exact look they want to give him on his face for next. <laughs> they got away. Nothing. I'd be like, all right, you got this. You want to rest? You want a day off? What do you want to do? <laughs> so he throws Richard in the grave that Richard incidentally buried him. Yeah, he dug himself. And as Morgan is shoveling, he sees the little girl's backpack and pauses for a moment, picks it up, dusts it off. And I think then it hits him what he had done a little bit more even like he now I guess 
is that his, think, is that Richard's daughter's backpack? Is that the significance no, of that, that site? Is yeah, that what that is? Okay. I think he remembered that he wasn't like. It, I think that it hit him back again, and he and he and all that hate kind of went out of him, and he and he realized he still was a he was a man. He still was a human. Like mm-hmm. it, even though he did something despicable, he you st- like he 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 wasn't an evil. Like he wasn't an entirely evil man. And I think that that reminded him of that. Like he, he wasn't just he, clearing either. Like he was right. He was still, he didn't yeah. do right by his. And I think it would also slapped him. Also, the symmetry of it is he also because of his actions, he lost his family. So he blamed himself for that, just like Morgan. Like he still blames himself for his 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 son dying. So it's like it just. Like how far his, how far away is he from him, him his own self? And he when he did that. So there on the go. way out of town, and this is a pretty cool scene too. He had Morgan had to deal with like a mini herd, and he yeah. does some nice like Aikido moves. He does these crazy like back spin things, and he disposes of like four or five walkers in in, in a moment. But it was nice to see his his Jedi moves. And well, he's is- getting the control back. I th- I think that part of him doing that. And with the but with the style that he did it with, yeah, yeah, he's getting back. In, he's getting he's do, he's getting him slowly. That's his meditation to get it to get it back in. You got to bring the monster back in again, <laughs> so you get yourself okay. Because you like right now he was just full of just rage and stuff. So I think that 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 was what got him. You know, like to kind of calm down and focus on he, what he did. His moves is his his tai chi, yeah. if you will. That, that was his way. Right. Of, yeah. Well, and this is a point where I said before the music kind of faded in and the sound effects dropped away again. So they just kind of ramped up that music. Mm-hmm. He makes his way back to Carol's house and confesses and basically sets the record straight. Uh, she asks what happened to him and he admits to killing Richard. He goes, yeah, I, I killed Richard. I strangled yeah. him because he well, got Benjamin he, killed. Yeah. He, uh at first, Carol's like, "What happened?" <laughs> and like, because he just came back from clearing. And right. so, <laughs> He's covered in his blood. Response, yeah. <laughs> his response isn't like, "I just you know wasted a bunch of walkers." He's like, "Killed Richard." Like he just kind of gets right to the yeah. right to what matters. He gets to the point. Yeah, killed Richard. I, I strangled like he, him. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's almost like he came back. He was like, "Mama, <laughs> I had to kill a whole bunch of people, and I killed Richard." <laughs> <laughs> she was just, oh, okay. But if right, it, listen, if anyone knows where he's coming from, I guess it's Carol, right? I mean, that was that's right. It. That's why she listen. Mommy always understands. <laughs> Mom, Mom, I know you had to kill him for a reason. Mom's not so, going to judge you. It's okay, son. All right, all right, son. It's okay. So, and again, he asks Carol if she really wants to know what happened in Alexandria, and she doesn't really say yes, but he tells her anyway. He tells her how Negan killed Glenn and Abraham with a baseball bat, and <laughs> Alexandria now works for the saviors. Everything they do is for the saviors. Also, by the way, Spencer and Olivia were also killed. And the reason Jesus brought Rick to town is because he's organizing against Negan. At that point, Morgan begins to leave. And he's going to just That's basically... That's when Carol stands up and says, now which one was Spencer again? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was a good one. That was a good one, Jim. <laughs> I wish he said I never trusted that pretty mother effort. I little Spencer no who? Spencer. What? Spencer. 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 That's, <laughs> that's my next watch. After I'm done with Equalizer, I'm going back to Spencer. That's it. Oh, man. I'd lose, my, I'd lose days watching Spencer. Lose no, days. no can do, Spencer. <laughs> his buddy his, his buddy Hawk is where it was. That's who we're about. talking about. That's it. Yeah. He, he, calls yeah, him, he goes, it, hey, yeah. Spencer. 
Avery Brooks, man. Ah. Avery Brooks. Cool dude. <laughs> so at that point, Morgan begins to leave, and Carol's like, where are you going? And she go- he goes, I'm just going to go somewhere. i got to take care of things one by one. Like Basically, he's going back to clear. That's what he's doing. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's admitting to her, I'm just going to go kill every zombie I see and put him away. One by one. One by one. He says one by one. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Carol stops him and says, wait, wait, you can go maybe and not go. And that's the same thing that Ezekiel, the same line that Ezekiel used with her to convince her to stay in that house, in that house to kind of like right. just be secluded. You can you can leave you alone, but you don't have to go all the way. And I guess it worked. So Carol now has a bag, and she's walking back to the kingdom. They open the door again. They let her in. She finds the king planting a seedling with Benjamin's brother in the remains of the burned-out garden. And Carol explains that, yeah, I'm going to be moving in here now, and... I'm going to help you get ready for the fight because we need to get ready. <laughs> the king agrees. Well, she looked at him like that. Well, like he needed, you know, he needed Carol to be like, it, it, you know, everybody else was telling him it's coming, it's coming, and he didn't want to do it. But Carol, Carol's like, look, look, dude, it's time. Listen, dude, I, <laughs> when Carol says it's time, we got to we got to get ready for war. She's, you know, <laughs> she's got a good line. She she says, I got I got the, I wrote the line down. She says, yeah. uh, we have to get ready. We have to fight. Yeah. We do. But not today, like right? The king uh, agrees. It says not today. Exactly, right? And it, and it's. I thought that this ending is brilliant. I thought it, it, it's such a great like. I mean, we we talk about the Walking Dead and how unsubtle it can be, and you know you're in the you know you're in the garden now where they had to just rip everything out because of the weebles or what have you. Right. But like having Ezekiel there, having Benjamin's little brother there, and having Carol there, like it's it's a great representation of what that you know that that theme is going for. It's like we got to rip everything out so we can grow it back again. Like that's great. The right. The kind of the subtleness of it, as opposed to something more like we got to go fight them. Not like it's some like you know instead of some like macho badass line. It's just like it's more, it's more nuanced, and I think it, it really plays effectively for an episode that I think was really well done. Like it does a great job. And the last scene and, we see is after they're done planting, we see Daryl in sitting on the porch of Carol's cottage. He's alone, and it's kind of like a, the the camera's panning towards him, but you know where he is. He's in the cottage. You can see it. And he's sharpening the end of his spear of his staff Morgan. into he's his spear. Morgan. Morgan. Morgan, I'm sorry, Daryl. Yeah. Pardon me. Was like, Morgan, was there yeah. a bonus scene? You didn't no, see? Was excuse me. We see Morgan. That's like, pardon me. Right. That's it. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, and it, you know, there's a thing that the actress that plays Carol does, especially with Morgan, is they go eye to eye. With Did you notice that they do the eye to eye? You know, when yeah, you're looking yeah. somebody in the eye and they follow each other. Like when she looked at, she did it with the king too, which I like that really, there was an intimacy to it when she walked up to the king with Ezekiel and she said to him you know we have to get ready like it was just uh there was just something in it where he knew not to even like she cut through his bull crap like anything he would have tried to delude himself into thinking we could work it out and not have to do this she cut through all of it and it was like it was almost like he was waiting for her to come to him to be ready to do this, like to 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 really confirm that this is what we have to do, and and and, and it was such a nice scene with them. Like this movie was this this episode was so it was full of so much of that. Like so, there were a lot of it was intimacy though. It was a lot of the you know the right characters with Morgan and, and Ezekiel and and Carol. Like it, it and it happened in the right way. Like it was all nice and subtle, and it just worked, and it just, um, it just made that moment just so many moments emotional that this episode was just so important. Like I know people, there's some people that just threw it away, 
and didn't acknowledge the episode as being having any weight. But it this episode had a lot more weight than I think that people get credit for. And down the line, a couple of episodes down the line, when things start to really happen in the war, I think they're going to think back to what, you know, Carol and, and, and Ezekiel and, and Morgan, they're going to remember the, you know, what happened in this episode. Yeah, I it's completely agree. Carry on. You're right. So before we get to our Buster ratings, then your Buster ratings, uh, let's have a quick word from our sponsor. Jim, would you do the honors, please, sir? DCBService.com, discount comic book service. Uh, they have a lot of comics, first of all. And yes. You may not know this, but The Walking Dead was originally a comic book. Was it what? Uh, wow. Yeah, I know. It. I, was it in color? No, it was in black and white, oddly enough. The covers made me sense. But um, if you wanted to catch up with the Walking Dead comic, this is a DCB service is a great and inexpensive way to do it. Right now, for March, it's all about bundles at DCB service. Oh, you yeah. You want your Hanna-Barbera bundle. You want your uh, your DC Rebirth bundle. You want your Batman bundle because you're a Bat fan. Uh, you want your kids uh, Marvel or kids DC bundles. Uh, Marvel Secret Empire, the big crossover for the summer, is starting up. Uh, there's, there's a Secret Empire bundle. All at 50% off uh, list price, which is cheaper than Amazon. And, oh, yeah. you're, dealing, and you're dealing with people who um, you know really... Uh, offer good customer service to go above and beyond to do a good job for you. If you like other TV shows, there are a lot of comics based on those. Penny Dreadful has a comic. Rick and Morty. There's a Rick and Morty comic now. Yeah. Star Trek: um, The Next Generation. I ordered mine. Greater, I got Mirror, Mirror Broken, Broken. On, on the way, yeah. man. Dollar ninety nine right now, fifty percent off. How could Get you beat that? that? First no. issue. Yeah, yep. you can't beat it. It's coming, man. If you're looking for action figures or clothing or statues, or collectibles of any kind. Uh, DCB service also has those. Hey, how about a uh, how about a, a four hundred dollar Japanese hyper detailed uh, one six scale action figure of Steve McQueen from The Great Escape? You know what? I'll take two. You will only pay two hundred dollars for that at uh, DCB service. It's half off, man. I'll take four. <laughs> I'll just send it to people. <laughs> It is kind of crazy, this stuff. Uh, they're also rolling in uh, Funko Pops uh, every month at DCB yeah. Service. Uh, I know they're very popular right now. A lot of people You like those. the color with your kids? Do you like the color? That's a big deal. Adult coloring books? That's, uh, yeah, that's a hot yeah. thing right if, now. Yeah. If, you, if you like the color with your kids and then you want to color on your own, I mean, they have the Walking Dead coloring book. I mean, That's true. They do have the Walking Dead coloring book. Only eight. It's, it, it's less than $7 for this book. Wow. You can get it in stock trades. I mean, it's, come on. I mean, and even if you don't want to color it in, it's a really a lot of nice black and white Charlie Adler uh, and Tony Moore art. So, I mean, and the war, there. right? And if you like uh, the, the what this whole war thing is based on in the comic, if you if you want to read that, they have the hardcover for it uh, for only twenty dollars. That's right. Wow. So. Yeah. Or you can get you can get it as a, a single reprinted issues. Right. Get The Walking Dead as trade paperbacks. You can get it as really nice hardcover editions for your uh, your um, bookshelf. Uh, or you can get the the big compendiums. Like I like to get their like forty eight issues in one and book. Forty eight pounds too. Those things are heavy. Man. Yeah, yeah. But you could cheap. buy all three. You could buy three of the compendiums for less than a hundred dollars. I'd be totally caught up on all The Walking Dead. Yeah, much. you can't beat that. Like. If, no. Come on. I mean, that's it's the greatest Come deal. Come on. <laughs> go, go ahead on now. I'm going to have um, to buy the McFarlane Negan for my girlfriend. She's like, she got the biggest crush 
on Negan. It's not even funny. Like she, she, she can't wait to see more of him. She's just bored until he comes back on the screen. They do uh, some good figures, man. I swear they do. They do some yeah. really good figures. I, I see it. Aliens again. You can pre-order Darryl, it. I've got Daryl on his chopper on my desk uh, right here. As a yeah. I had an Aliens one. I had an Aliens figure years ago that McFarlane had done when they had the license for that. I hope they do it again with the movies coming out. You know, with the uh, oh. the new Alien movie coming out, because I would definitely pick that up. But DCB Services, where you want to check all that out. Uh, yeah. there's, even a, uh-huh. there's even a comic based on the new Riverdale, which is weird. It's a, <laughs> a comic based on a TV <laughs> show that's based, based on, on a comic. comic. Right. <laughs> comic Conception there, of some sort. Jughead. Uh, but but right. DCB Service, uh, they're great people to work for, work uh, with. They uh, they will treat you right. Uh, if anything should happen That's with shipping, right. anything, they will do their level best to help you out with that on that end. Their right. prices are lower than Amazon. They have an incredible selection. Browse their website, dcbservice.com, or check out your previous catalog from your comic book store. They carry everything in that catalog on a month-to-month basis, and probably cheaper than your local comic store can get it, too. So. Yeah, man, you come straight out of comic book. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking here. McFarlane has the comic Negan, but no, she wants Jeffrey Dean Morgan. She don't want the comic Negan. I got a pre-order. You know she do. You know she does. a pretty sweet. Tell uh, me about sick, it, man. Oh, it's like a you, Savior's Insignia t-shirt. Kind of looks like a Hell's Angels like Insignia or whatever with crossed yeah. uh, Lucille bats. Listen, that you might you might have to get you a scarf and, and do some Negan. Uh, I think it's getting to that point, man. She's like you watching every to. every movie he's in now. She's like, oh, this guy's seen oh, yeah. the, we, She made it. me watch what was that show? The Good Wife. I'm like, oh my god, uh, please. Gotta make your lady happy. You better do your hair a little bit like it. <laughs> <laughs> you right, uh, oh yeah, exactly. I'll say that. I will shut that shit down. <laughs> That's how you come in the house. I will. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get to these busters gotta- let's get to the busters <laughs> come on let's get to them all right so thank you jim for mentioning our wonderful sponsor and uh and they are awesome they keep us coming to you week after week talking about the walking dead but let's get to our buster ratings starting with you aaron buster i mean, I, I was at a four but like talking this episode through and like the impact it really has and like <laughs> what i really liked about it i'm at a 4.5 now this is a really great episode like it, it really does a lot for these characters um, as well as pushing the story forward. I think it has, a, you know, it, it has everything I kind of want in a Walking Dead episode as far as, you know, realistic turns with these characters in the mix of, you know, zombies walking around and occasionally getting killed and character deaths that, you know, have an, leave an impact and villainy that has layers to it. Like, there's just a lot of really good stuff here. So, yeah, four, four, four and a half out of five. Nice. Daryl. Uh, I was at a four, but freak it. Like, yeah, talking about this, I'm like, I didn't have any complaints. I have to say five out of five. I have no complaints about this episode. There's nothing that I can look at and go, eh, that didn't work for me. It's like, hey, I got to do five out of five, man. Five out of five, I will choke you out. (laughs) I love it. Jim? I give it a 4.75. I usually don't go for the quarters, but I, I take a quarter off just for maybe lack of zombie kill or lack of, uh, of scope. But, I mean, this is everything I want in an episode of, of Walking Dead. Great acting, good characters. Two of my favorite characters, two of my favorite actors playing those characters in, on the show. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, it was almost like they, they made this one just for me. Uh, so a 4.75 for me. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, that, that's the number I had in my head the whole time, 4.75. I mean, it, it is solid. 
you're right. The only thing that would have made it a five for me would have been like some crazy, monstrous, high production value action scene or something, the killing a million zombies. But other than that, I was I, I love this episode. Really, nothing wrong with it. If you can give me this every week, I'll be very, very, very pleased. Um, again, I mentioned some of the the production things that were done. I mentioned the you know the, the sound editing was great, the music score was great, the direction was great, the acting was great. Um, so I got as high as I can go without some major. Uh, just major carnage. So 4.75 for me. But who cares what we think? We have an amazing, the best Facebook group out there. It's the Walking Dead TV podcast. Just go on the Facebook, do a search for it, hit join. We get you in. We're 820 members strong right now. And you get to leave your very own Buster ratings for every single episode. So, And you get the wonderful Jim Dietz and his baritone sounds to soothe us into, into your ratings. So, Jim, would you please take it away? Let me, let me get in my best Barry White mode here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff Rhodes starts us off this week with 4.2 drops of blood on your lip. You refuse to wipe off out of five. Uh, look at all that foreshadowing. <laughs> Sorry, kid. Pretty obvious what was going to happen. Uh, Morgan fulfilled Richard's wishes, but he is starting to lose it, you think? Uh, kill what one by one? Hmm. Clear. Uh, Jerry, showed, Jerry showed a little toughness tonight, too. Maybe he's got a future after all. That hour flew by. Pretty good single story episode. And they also put in here that the only thing you could think of at the end of passages was shoot her. Shoot her. <laughs> uh, Brent Jones, solid four, fine, eat the cobbler, out of five. <laughs> While Ben was obvious, Richard was not. Glad Carol is back. I have a feeling Morgan is going to find a way to screw something up for our team. Uh, while I did enjoy this in this whole half season thus far, I feel like they are really dragging out the setup here so they can make the war the whole first half of the next season. Uh, Gwendolyn Johnson, well, I'll give it a 3.5. There was a lot of tension. I knew the young Akidoka was not going to last long when he was talking about his girlfriend. And at least the garbage people weren't in this episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Dre Irvin, five sacrificial Richard deaths out of five. This episode was top notch. We agreed, Dre. Absolutely. Um, the acting was from from literally every cast member was phenomenal. And even though I clearly knew it was Benjamin who had been shot, it still broke my heart. I'm glad Carol finally knows what happened, and I'm also kind of glad Morgan lost his mind a little. It's what they needed to move forward. Um, Nicholas Masilo, a four missing melons out of five. Very good episode without much action. Nice to know they can put together a great episode without zombie kills. I think we all knew Benjamin was going to die, but it was still heartbreaking nonetheless. Uh, Morgan killing Richard was shocking. And think while it brings this Morgan back in, maybe the, the stock holding guns slash clearing walkers Morgan from a few seasons ago. <laughs> Only three season, episodes left in the season. Sorry, my computer just flaked on me. There we go. Uh, only three episodes left in the season. Let's get this war started. Here, here. Uh, John White, four cantaloupe wins. There should have been five. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, possibly the best episode of the season, in my humble opinion. I, I agree. It, it is for me, too. Uh, Mike Jones, 11 cantaloupes out of 12. Solid episode all around that kept me on edge. I wanted to I wanted to kill saviors too if I had to make a whole separate supply run for one damn cantaloupe. Uh, Susan Monk, four Morgan range bomb, rage bombs out of five. Great acting from Lenny James and Melissa McBride in this episode. Uh, Johnny Store five playing the drums on Richard's head out of five. Ouch! A top notch tonight. Finally, Carol back in. Craig, you're wrong. She's not going to die. 
I'm with Jim on this one. Uh, All right. Know. Thanks, Johnny. I don't know. Uh, we'll see, John. I don't want her to go, but I'm just saying I got that got that feeling. I don't know. I do too. I do too. Got that little little thing, man. The way she looked at Daryl that on the porch, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. I'm not coming back. That's I'm it. I'm back. sorry. I hope I'm wrong, Johnny. I really do. I really do. I'm with you. Thanks for having my back on that one, Johnny. I don't think she's going anywhere. <laughs> I hope not anyway. If Morgan dies, we riot. Or if I, Morgan or Carol dies, we riot. <laughs> Uh, Morgan sharpening the stick at the end is gold. Uh, Crazy Morgan is back. Time to clear. One of the best episodes of the year, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joy Soriano Kim, five weevil burnings out of five. (laughs) Once you eliminate the weevils, you can replant and grow more fruit. There is always hope. And now that Carol's ready to fight again, there's definitely a bountiful harvest to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mary Turpecchia, five out of five. Morgan seeing red again. Love this episode, but not terribly surprising, considering it featured Morgan. Carol and the Kingdom, and while I expected to, uh, Benjamin to die, I was caught off by Richard's demise. Uh, Ian Roswell, uh, five. I've just pissed myself out of five. Uh, <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for. It was a brilliant episode, well acted. The predicted death was simple and not graphic. Morgan's flashback going mad was brilliant, and even Jerry's moment eating food wasn't needed, but was still brilliant. Hashtag Jerry is Lord. I, I love that hashtag. I'm, I'm clicking on it right mm-hmm. now. I'm seeing if there's anything. No, it's it. He's the uh, only one. Okay, but still, I love the hashtag anyway. Let's do it. Jerry. Robert Nig- oh, sorry. Robert Nigro, 4.75, sharpened bow staffs out of five. I was really pleased by this episode. Great balance of peril, action, plot movement, and interpersonal stuff. Uh, all episodes should reach for this level, such so as clear, and here's not here, and yes, Nebraska. That's my friend Robert there. That's so that. <laughs> uh, Christine Bowman, five out of five walks of shame home. Uh, this is the first time I've cried watching Walking Dead since Herschel died. Wow. Mm. Um, seeing Morgan call Benjamin Dwayne hit me right in the feels. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I, was, I said, I literally had a little whoa moment when I saw that myself. And he said it the uh, same t- way. He's like, he's like Dwayne, like that. He's, he's that he has that yeah. way of saying it, you know? He's, yeah. he's good. Dwayne. Tambuono, 4.5 crazy Morgans out of 5. Although Benjamin was wearing a red shirt in the beginning of the episode, his death was still sad. I think it peed a little too when Shiva growled. Nothing um, <laughs> really on, on, on a leash either, was it? I, I made a note no, of that. I didn't even talk no, about no, it. No, he just hangs out. It's just, <laughs> He's just hanging out. I gotta say, but you know. I, I gotta say, Shiva's looking like Shiva, the, the tiger, you know, obviously that presents a challenge. I think it's been used pretty well this season. Like it's it comes up when it needs to, or you know when they decide to put it in, and it doesn't look bad. G- given that we had a terrible CG deer last week, I was like, all right, well, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're doing a good job with the tiger. If they're going to keep you know banking on this thing, it's not necessarily the most needed thing on the series. But like, hey, you know, it's it, they they decide to stick with them with the comics, and they're making it work for what yeah. it is. Uh, Michelle. Michelle of Ed Peoples uh, gave it five. Stick them with the pointy end out of five. Uh, this was an amazing episode. Uh, I had the feeling both Ben and Richard were going to go. I did not anticipate the emotional punch both deaths would have. Uh, kudos as well to Melissa McBride and Carrie Payton. I could watch these three forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, standout moment for me was Morgan referring to Benji as Dwayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that happened, I knew it was over for him. Uh, two things, please... Kill the long-haired douchey savior already, <laughs> and don't ever let me see anyone ever hit Jerry again. <laughs> to which Susan Monk replied, "I second all of this, especially the last sentence." Hashtag If Jerry dies, we riot. Hell yeah! So, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, 4.75. There is more than one way to kill a walker out of five. Get it? One way? <laughs> now, hold on. If, if hashtag, if Jerry dies, we riot is real. That one is really like a hashtag. If you click on that one, there's a bunch of really? Jerry stuff on there. Yeah, that one's oh, pretty wow. funny. Wow. <laughs> oh, Jerry fandom. That's it. Uh, there is more than one way to kill a walker out of five. <laughs> Get it? The signs were good that this was going to be a great episode at the start. I really enjoyed this episode, and it's up there with one of the best since the mid-season uh, premiere. A brilliant episode all around. P.S. Shiva the Tiger is fantastic in CGI. More than makes up for the deer last week. Uh, awesome. Janet Broom, 4.75. Dwayne, I mean Benjamin's out of five. B -b -b Benjamin. Uh, sad to see the boy die, but it wasn't surprising. I'm definitely glad Carol and Ezekiel are finally ready to fight. Uh, Morgan Stamping made me smile, though he, know, he still needs to learn balance, as he seemed to be reverting almost to too much crazy Morgan. Mm -hmm. Is every episode going to have an extra couple minutes now? This yeah, was this, another extended episode, wasn't it? It was like 107 on my DVR. And it was an extra, I guess, one more commercial break, one more scene. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. You don't notice when it's a good episode, right? No, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. Yeah. And uh, Rob Cook, 4.5, brooding Morgans out of 5. This episode was a return to the more somber mood that we're used to. Uh, Morgan going off the deep end was brilliantly executed. Richard was a massive liability and needed to go, but Morgan <laughs> using his plan of getting him back in with the saviors means he may not have gone completely mad. Um, and if you would like to uh, have your busters read and included in the show, then by all means, join our Facebook group, the Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group. It's uh, facebook.com uh, slash group slash WDTV podcast. And uh, also, you can catch uh, not only links to our past podcasting episodes, but also direct links to all of Aaron's reviews on theyoungfolks.com of each episode of The Walking Dead, which usually, you usually post those right after the episode, right, Aaron? I um, Depending on when I watch the episodes, if it's DVR and I watch it a little later, I, I, I try to get it up right around midnight. That's generally when it posts because I stay up late for yeah. the cause. <laughs> it's like 3 a.m. I'll roll over. Oh, there you go. Okay, there, there, There's Aaron. He posted his, uh, his review. <laughs> That's it. Well, thank so, you. Uh, definitely, definitely join that Facebook group. Absolutely. It's a great group. And, and our members are awesome. They post some really cool links throughout the week. And uh, it's just a great community. So if you want to be part of the podcast, you can certainly do that by leaving your Buster ratings. And when we do Fear the Walking Dead, those of you that are brave enough to stay with us during Fear the Walking Dead, we call them Toby ratings. And you can leave those uh, as well once we get to that, which is coming up uh, soon, I, 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 I surmise. So, uh, any final thoughts? I know we're going to try to do some predictions, uh, as is requested by the listeners. They want us to kind of give us, give us some spoiler-free kind of like, I don't know, just our own predictions of what we think is going to happen next. So, guys, what do you think is on the agenda? Oh, oh. What's happening now? Oh, I mean, obviously, we're setting up for all-out war. Mm -hmm. I mean... You want me to read the description for next week's episode? That'd be great, yeah. That'd be great. yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'll, it'll sure contain a lot of like stuff we don't know, so go ahead, please. Let's do it. Yeah, next next week's episode, the other side, the other I know the other side, and here comes some massive spoilers. The saviors visit the hilltop unexpectedly, surprising everyone with plans of taking more than supplies. Ooh, and actually, I saw the preview. You see Daryl kind of hiding like from them, right? Yeah. It's uh, yeah, that looks pretty good. I wanted yeah. to mention something real quick, if I could. Um, Humble Bundle is a, is a site, HumbleBundle.com. They they sell uh, video game bundles and, and video games, for uh, and they donate some of the uh, sales to charity on every sale. And this week they have a sale on all of the Telltale games, 
which include uh, all the Walking Dead video games. Uh, you can get all three chapters of the Michonne game for like five bucks, I oh, think. Wow. And, uh, all five chapters of the last full Walking Dead game for, I think, under $10. I think it's like 8 or $9. But if you haven't had a chance to play the Walking Dead video games, they are excellent. Uh, at least the ones made by Telltale Games. Uh, check out HumbleBumble.com and check out their store link. And they're all on sale for dirt cheap this week. There's no excuse for you not to play them. Those are some great games, too. I know we were trying to do or uh, organize a podcast to talk about them. I just haven't caught up. But they're really good. Like They're, they're fun to play. Yeah. And at that price, and you're also, uh, you know, some of that money's going to charity. I mean, it's it's a win-win for everybody. So. Good call out. All right, guys. Any uh, any other predictions? I mean, obviously the war is coming. We know we're going to be in, in the king in the uh, hilltop next week. I you know I have a I wonder if if this I don't know I kind of have a feeling that hilltop will have a new leader by the end of that episode. So you, you think you think Gregory's a goner? You think he's yeah, uh, think think Simon's going to deal with him? He's, he'll be done. I don't I, think he's long for this world, but I think I, Max, I, Maggie or I, someone else is going to do it. Hmm? I predict Gabriel will act exasperated while others around him seem more confident next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's brother Gabriel now. He's he's calm now. He's in a good place though, isn't he? He's, not Gabriel. Not Gabriel. I'm sorry. Um, what's his name? Um, Gregory. 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 Okay, gotcha. Gregory. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I first of all. Don't they kind of need to, uh, who was it, Maggie? Didn't they tell her she was dead? Like, didn't they tell Negan that she's dead? Oh, they did. So if they find her running the hilltop, isn't that going to be a problem? Like, I think it's just going to, I think everything's going to go wrong. I was hoping we get to see more Stephen Ogg. You know what they say. Yeah, he'll, he'll be in it. We saw you him know, in the preview. Yeah. He'll, oh, yeah. cool. Uh huh. You know what they say. Monique and Mo problems. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> I don't know. They. But Jesus can run it until uh, until the war starts. Uh, you mean like he could be the face of it is what you're saying? So He could be the face. Yeah, because he really doesn't want it. But he'll be the fa- he could be the face. If something happens to Gregory and they want him... I can see Daryl happen to kill Gregory. But Gregory's such a snitch. He'll quiet. say, he'll say these people came over, this Maggie person and and, and, and this Daryl person. Like he'll spill the beans. And, you That's know, why to, I can see them having to kill him. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. That's he it. is not going to be quiet. He's going to tell if he thinks that it makes it better for him. So I can see someone having to give him the little, uh, you know, let me talk to you for a minute conversation <laughs> yeah. finish the uh the gut stab that they didn't didn't kill him the first time right exactly stitches exactly. get stitches that's how it goes <laughs> yes, stitches get stitches baby that's right, that's right. <laughs> at the hilltop now i wonder if they're coming to pick up the doctor too because they, they killed his brother well they are though right I, I assume that's what they're doing they need the doctor don't they yeah because negan said thank god we got another doctor we got a backup doctor or something they you know they, right that's what right. they're coming to get which I'm sure Maggie's not going to be happy about that because she needs him to give birth. Yep. So uh, yeah, it should be interesting. Should be should be interesting. I I think it'll probably be a Rickless episode too. Probably you know no you won't see Rick and Michonne in the gang. It'll be no. strictly strictly uh-huh. Hilltop I think. And uh, and you're right. It, it should be good with Simon Og and uh, Xander Berkeley. It should be a good uh, some some good times ahead. All right. Well, if there's no more predictions, we can we can wrap it up. Uh, where can our listeners find us, hear us, or read us, touch us, tweet us when we're not uh, we're not talking The Walking Dead? So, Aaron, how about you? Uh, you can find me talking about movies weekly with my friend Abe on our podcast, Out Now with Aaron and Abe. This week we talked Kong Skull Island, where you can hear me talk about how right I am about Kong Skull Island and how wrong Abe is. And then um, you can follow me. <laughs> Wait a minute. Whoa, on- whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. This is Trouble in Paradise, huh? Whoa, they got a- Abe didn't like it? He, he he wasn't as fond as I was of it. 
Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to tune into that one. Hang on. <laughs> some drama for your mama. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Excellent. <laughs> Daryl? Uh, you can go to tellinericapodcast.com and, and find me there. Go trek yourself. Yes. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of that. <laughs> Jim? Uh, you can find me on a podcast on uh, – or two podcasts now on tellinericapodcast.com. That would be uh, on Nothing's On. I do with Daryl and Donnie about movies and television each week. And then Paradigm Shift, the new Dungeons and Dragons podcast I'm on. Uh, yeah. Where we're uh, you know, having an ongoing campaign of D&D. And you can catch Daryl and myself and Jerry and Rich the Chubtoe Sheldon himself on DC TV podcast. Uh, we cover all the shows based on DC properties. Uh, that's Supergirl and The Flash and Gotham and Lucifer and Legends and Arrow and sometimes powerless but not really because it's not very good but anyway (laughs) (laughs) but anyway you can catch us uh catch me on all those podcasting places i just mentioned uh that last one's at hhwlod.com where this one originates from and you can follow me on twitter at yoda jones excellent and if you want to hear my other show i am the host of the auto chat show autochatshow.com facebook.com forward slash auto chat show me and my co-host teddy review new cars discuss cars and pop culture we do some interviews actually we're lining up a couple of uh, pretty interesting interviews coming up with auto executives and uh people related to the automotive field so i'm not going to drop too many hints but it's going to be some pretty good good interviews we're lining up uh and leading us right into the new york auto show which is happening in just a few weeks and we'll be doing some coverages there and uh actually some more interviews and some good stuff so New car reviews, lining up some things too. It's going to be a lot so of fun. Are you guys going to are you guys going to uh, like review the new Fast and Furious movie, but just review the cars? We could. You know, it's funny. Actually, it's not a bad idea. Um, we do mm-hmm. talk about we do talk about movies a lot and cars in movies, but yeah, right. we could actually just dedicate a whole right. show probably to that. We probably could do that. That's actually not. You ever do an episode about the uh, the overview of Hal Needham? Man, have me on because. Absolutely. I grew, I grew up watching Hooper and Smokey and the Bandit and Cannibal Run oh. and all those other car movies. So. We can definitely do something like that. And, uh, you know, it's it's <laughs> anything goes, really. It, it's it's Even if you're not a car nut, we, we just have a good time talking about, uh, you know, stuff that happens out there in, in, in the pop yep. culture world and cars. And, and uh, you know, and Daryl, I'm, I'm interested to hear your battery story. We'll talk about it on the other show, of course. But uh, you, had oh, some, okay. you had some car trouble. I want to hear what happened with your... Uh, uh, I didn't think you well, even had a car. I thought you were like, you know, you're just like a city guy. No, you took the subway and stuff. Well, yeah. I'm in the – well, I mean, I do take the car. That's probably, that's why I had to get a new battery because I don't <laughs> only drive on the weekend and when I need to. But, yeah, I live in – I have a, a house in, in a driveway, so that's why I can just leave it in the driveway. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, the battery kept going out. It probably had a short or something in it. Like okay. even when I kept starting it, because I always started every day, but it, it was haunted. It was haunted. <laughs> so having having the sense to have a warranty on it still, you know, I took it straight in and and have to swipe it out, put a new battery in, and it's good. Well, it wasn't too traumatic. I, I, I hope you took no, my advice. Was... I hope you took my advice and got a good one. Okay, because yeah, listen, yeah. you know, you, price is what you pay, quality is what you get. You know what I mean? So. That Walmart battery is only going to last you so long. You know what I mean, man? You got to. Yeah, know. well, I yeah, they put it. I mean, they they took care of everything. All I had to do was pay uh, a little bit for the uh, labor. But okay. they take care of everything because we, we still, the warranty on is, is two years still. Gotcha. Two, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. So I, I make sure that when they take it in, they got to service it. That's all on them. Good. You know, like I was, like I was going 
to go and get a battery and just put it in. But I said, why the hell am I going to do that? <laughs> I got a warranty. Well, we had the warranty on it. I'm just talking out of anger. Like, I just had to wait till Monday. You know, get a get jump this. start, drive the thing down there, and uh, that's I, it. And that's what we did. And, and I, what was, <laughs> was great was a childhood friend of mine, he uh, does AA on the side. So okay. he gave me a boost for free. I didn't even have to pay for the boost. Nice. Just brought that in, he, uh, gave the car boost, and then, you know, I was off. Off you go. That's it. Off I go. So it, it, it was a quick, uh, you know, two hours. They had my car in, did, put it up, changed everything, checked everything for me. And nice. I was out the door before 1 o'clock. Life is good, man. That's good. Anytime you want to join us on the show, you're definitely welcome. And uh, like I said, me and Teddy have a good time talking about uh, Well, I ain't a car guy, stuff. so I'll be the newbie. You'll be the newbie. That's it. I'll be asking questions. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be do it. I'll bring you on when we have a guest. It'll be actually kind of funny when we do that. You know, yeah. we, we bring some auto executives on sometimes, and we, and we bust their chops. Like the last guy we had on was uh, he was from Kia, and we just we bust on this guy. We, we in, in a fun way. Look, he gets his point across. He delivers what he wants to do, but we just kind of like bust on him a little bit, and uh, we have fun with him. So it's, it's kind of cool. A Kia. I had a kid years ago. <laughs> hey, man, they're trying uh, to change the world right now, but, you know, they're doing some good stuff. But, hey, if you want to listen yeah. to all that, that's on the Auto Chat Show. So you can you can find us all over there, and uh, we appreciate you listening. So, all right, folks, so uh, who wants to close it out tonight? When there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, always count your cantaloupes before you leave the house. <laughs> that's good. Jazz and hip-hop, dripping in your dome, it's his own and bop. Funk infusion, a fly illusion, keeps you coasting on the rhythm you're cruising. Up, down, round and round, frowns profound, but nevertheless, you got to get down. Fantasy freak through the beat, so unique, you move your feet, and sweat from the heat. Back to the fact, I'm the Mac, and I know that. The way I keep the rhyme, someone call me a poet. Poem steady flowing, growing, showing sights and sound. Caught in the groove, invitation I'm found. Many tripped and tore upon the rhymes they soared, to an infinite height, to the realm of the hardcore. Here we go, off I take ya, dip trip, lip fantasia. <laughs>